what really Burning Man is, is the place where the sons and the daughters of the billionaires in the past who had their version of, of a new order uh, and how the new order has changed. And now they've got the money. Hey, everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry Radio, and my name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode 144, where it's time to explore the Burning Man lore. That's right. Metamorphosis. Where we see what's in store for those humans who want more. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you, wrote, you wrote a poem for the beginning of this intro. Very good. Very good poem. Yeah. So that's right. This year, it's uh, yeah, I, I made it out to Burning Man again, um, hooked up with the Camp of the Unknown God. And for those who didn't catch, maybe you're new to listening to the podcast, maybe you haven't been around for very long, but this will be my second year going out, doing some boots on the ground, reporting and experiencing of Burning Man. Last year, the theme was iRobot, and this year, the theme was Metamorphosis. So I thought it was very interesting in the context of the show, introducing the transhumanism into the culture, and then the next year, was the metamorphosis. The change. Uh, seeing, yes, the change. Seeing the change in society. and uh, But we'll get more into that throughout this episode. This was a... I like how we're going to do this one, Gons. Yeah, you know, you got some great conversations, boots on the ground, getting dust in all the orifices and cracks of the <laughs> oh, human God. body. Dust uh, everywhere, yeah. yes. And um, this year... Uh, meeting up with the Camp of the Unknown God, I had an opportunity to speak with a few different groups there, uh, talk about the experiences that everybody was having, as well as get some audio experience of something that I missed last year, which was the burning of the temple. Right Now, we'll talk a lot about the temple, what that means in Burning Man culture, what the, the ritual is for, and then we'll have some uh, a little audio tour for everybody to experience it. And I'm excited. I think it's going to turn out well. So in this episode, what we're going to do is we'll start off with a few minutes of Basil on the ground, actually walking around at the temple burn. And then we're going to go into the conversations that he had with the camp of the unknown god. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to go back to Basil at the temple burn and catch some of that ambiance from the ritual of the temple burn itself. Yes, it'll be very interesting. So make sure to either have a good sound system or have your headphones on, because uh, you're going to want to feel the experience. <laughs> but before we get into that, I want to thank the Camp of the Unknown God. That's Carl Tykrib with his team. That includes Audrey and Taylor and Brian and Jen. And uh, you'll get to meet all of them in this episode. And real quick, before we jump into it, Gons, I just want to remind everybody, you can head over to patreon.com slash canarycryradio. If you want to support the show, we do not run ads on this show. It is very tempting and we've had some good offers, but we don't believe in selling your attention for our own gain. So if you are edified or educated or just entertained, oop, hi kitty, bye. I gotta feed the cat. <laughs> we got cats to feed, man. Um, if you want to help support the show financially, you could go to patreon.com slash canarycryradio. You can sign up at different levels there and get different rewards, including, you know, we got a ton of bonus episodes on there. So if you have listened to all Canary Cry Radio has to offer, 
We've got a whole bunch of extra material there that will keep you in the loop for hours and hours of extra listening. Also, remember, we've got our Canary Cry community on Facebook. That is well over 2,000 people strong, listeners just like you coming together. And look, it's a place to discuss current events, uh, but there's also people praying for each other, bringing uh, prayer requests and, and uh, fellowship opportunities and all sorts of fun stuff happening over at that group. I highly recommend people get involved. I jump in there every day or so and uh, just see what's going on. It's a good place to hang out. Again, that's the Canary Cry community on Facebook. And uh, just a couple other reminders. We've got an Instagram. You're going to want to hit that up, canary.cry.radio. And uh, also leave some ratings and reviews on iTunes. You know, back in the day, Gons, we were reminiscing about how we would make it regularly up to the uh, the top 200 podcasts yeah. in um, in spirituality, which we are super stoked about. But we've dropped down the list a little bit. That's, uh, that's on us. But if you guys want to help us climb the ranks again, go over to iTunes, leave a rating and a review, and that'll pop us back up. It helps people find the podcast and the iTunes robots see that we have engagement with other human beings and it will share the show and it's a great way to spread the word. Yeah, you know, we just actually got the 777th rating. So somebody, oh. somebody slipped in there and got the 777. Oh, that's fun. Oh, you mean uh, ratings iTunes. and reviews on iTunes. Yeah. yeah, okay. We hit 777. That's fun. So will you be 778? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to pump the 777, but looks like somebody already took claims to that. Well, you know, the next landmark is 1,000. That's right. So go help us get to 1,000 reviews. That'll pop us way up on the charts. And thank you guys very much. I'll consider it a personal favor. Okay. You want to jump into it, Gons? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we're going to start, like I mentioned a minute ago, with you walking around at the Temple Burn, just getting a feel for what it's like to be there. Yes, it was a very interesting experience. And if you have not, uh, it, it, it's even more interesting in contrast with my last walkthrough from last year. Uh, you, you get to really feel how hectic and crazy it is, which really contrasts with uh, the temple burn we had a little bit different of a feel, so right. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Well, very cool. And just to set it up, uh, there may be some time travel or some time shifting going on, yeah, Basil? There might be a little bit of time warping. I might make some references to other times, but just listen till the end. It'll all make sense. <laughs> Check, 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 check. Hey everybody, your buddy Basil here, and I am here on the playa at Black Rock Desert in the uh, Black Rock City. And today, actually tonight, is uh, something I've mentioned in past years as well as talked to Carl about in our interview out here, and that is the burning of the temple. Now, if you caught some of our other episodes in, uh, well, 2018, I believe, the, the burning, of the, well, the temple itself is maybe the second most visited 
um, structure out here, the first maybe being the man, uh, that burned last night. And tonight is the burning of the temple. Now the temple is an interesting piece because um, it carries a, a much different vibe than a lot of the other things out here. It is a very somber place, it's normally much quieter. As you can tell here, um, it's significantly quieter than it usually is out here. Um, usually at this time in the evening, you've got hundreds of giant art cars blasting crazy dance music. Um, and right now, while there are some um, there is some music playing. It is not the raucous dance music that um, you kind of get used to out here. It's, uh, we've got some ukulele players. There are some opera playing earlier out of one of the trucks, but now is a little different. It's much less of a party um, atmosphere. Uh, the temple is a place where um, people go and well on the topic of ritual there's you, you walk through it there's pictures of lost loved ones lost pets and when I say lost I I mean deceased and um, it's really a place for people to pay homage and and remember uh, the deceased now on top of that people also go there to I don't know, in, in the language of Burning Man, they would go there to maybe release parts of themselves they want to let go of, maybe pain or suffering or some sort of traumatic event. And what they'll do is they'll take, um, some people take a marker and write something on the wall uh, regarding um, some type of trauma that happened to them. Some people will leave some sort of token. Um, There's a lady passing out little hunks of clay that you could sculpt something uh, to represent what you are trying to let go of or, well, to be quite literal, burn. And so tonight we are going to watch the temple burn. It's about 7.30, 7.45 right now. The temple will be burning at eight o'clock there's significantly less people here right now. Today, this is Sunday night. Um, it was kind of the first round of people leaving, going home. And so there's maybe, oh man, maybe even a fifth uh, left. Oh, let's call it a quarter. There's about a quarter of the people who are here at the temple. And so it's very sparse, it's not as wild. More people are sitting down. There's a lot less glow sticks, and a lot less, uh, you know, bat wings, and a lot less nudity. So we can be thankful for that. But it is interesting how the burning of the temple is a much more somber occasion. And um, I am going to sign off for now, and I will pick it back up as the temple starts to burn and talk about a little bit more of what's going on. We got some things to talk about, but first I want to introduce you to who I am sitting with. I'm at the Camp of the Unknown God right now. They have a beautiful shade structure that has completely changed my life. But first, tell us who y'all are. 
I'm Jen. Sorry, that was really loud. That's okay, Jen. <laughs> you're Jen, Jen. You're the Jen. Jen Doe, Jen Wright. Yes, that's yeah. right. And you're back. You made it back. I did. You were here on the last one. I was. Okay. And I want to get into what your experience has been different this time. It's a whole new Burning Man and a whole new experience, so we'll get into that. But we have one more guest with us today. Introduce yourself, buddy. I'm Brian from Canada. Brian from Canada. All That's the way right. down. 21-hour drive to get here. It was a long trip and months to prepare. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I really didn't think we were going to get tickets, so I was lackadaisical in my preparation. That's how it happens, man. You know, it happens. But you did a great job. You got an awesome shade structure here, like I said, life-changing. And you are also here with Camp of the Unknown God. Yes, Camp of the Unknown God. Okay, awesome. So really what I want to do is, first of all, get an idea of what's going on around here. We know it's hot. We know it's dusty. It's wonderful. But what has been your experience so far, you know, experience the culture and getting into the Black Rock City? Well, it was definitely... A challenge getting here. Did you have to wait 10 hours in line? No, okay. I um, came in on Tuesday because I lost my wallet and had to backtrack. Mm. So I lost a day. So I got here Tuesday and thankfully I had a picture of my driver's license okay. on my computer and was able to print it out and they let me in. And so it took me 20 minutes to get in. Sounds legit. That's, yeah. a, new, that's a new experience. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And our experience was we... We only had to wait about two and a half hours in line, but during that wait, it was uh, quite interesting to see all the, all the vehicles, all the stuff people are bringing, and then there was a whiteout for about five minutes where we could not see anything. You got we the had, dust storm. Oh, we had to stop, and yeah, and you hear how horrible the dust is, and mm -hmm. it is horrible, but it's not quite as horrible as I thought. It doesn't really eat your flesh that fast, so <laughs> so we're not too bad there, right? I forgot to ask, have you been to Burning Man before? I have not been to Burning Man before, but I have been to a regional burn in Canada, and it's uh -huh. called Freezer Burn, but uh, it, it is in it is in June, so it's not that cold, and it is in a beautiful, lush, green spot with with uh, right by an elk ranch so there's elk there and it's a beautiful river valley and it's Ooh. so nothing compared to this yeah uh, totally you know, different experience totally different well that's great so we know you guys are here with the camp of the unknown god and you know there's a very specific yet kind of amorphous mission that you guys are on and uh so tell me about what the purpose is what your kind of goals are and maybe what that's looked like so far so the mission is twofold. We definitely come to preach the gospel and talk to people and give our testimony. But we're also here to do research, which Carl is our resident researcher, to bring back what the culture is to the church so they know what to expect, what's coming. You mean let people know? not bring the Burning Man culture to the church. We <laughs> no, want Sunday we're, morning we're gonna, to... <laughs> yes, we're going to start burning effigies at oh, church. No. Okay. Right. Okay. We're bringing um, the research yeah. about the culture. Great. Just so, yeah. I mean, it's good to know what's, what's going on because it seems like, and we've seen this over the past few years, that the culture that happens at Burning Man 
seeps out of Burning Man. And it's very explicit in the in your little manual. You know, they give you books at the beginning when you get there. And it says right in there, hey, Burning Man does not end when you leave the playa. Bring it home. You know, change the world type of thing. What's been your experience there? Yeah, the interesting thing, one of the interesting things is they... They call the real world that we live in every day the default world. And, right. And this is home. This is home for them. So yeah. this is where they can let their hair down, do whatever they want. Kind of makes me cringe every time I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And the 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 big difference between this one I've noticed, and I well, it's my opinion, and the small burns, is the small burns you actually see the same people over and over again. So mm -hmm. you don't have the an anonymity that mm -hmm. you, you would hear because yeah. people don't know you. Their chances are you're never going to see them again. Right. When there's 80,000 people running around doing whatever they want, it's, yeah. it's really a different, uh, you know, if you want to let your hair down, you do whatever you want. And no one's going to judge you and yeah. no one's going to care. And it's just a, really a license to to sin or to do whatever you want. And there's no consequence yeah. in the present. But down the road, we know because we're believers that there is a consequence for everything we do and every word we say. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, you know, you even talk about spiritually on its face, you walk around and nothing looks too radical i mean there certainly are some especially radical camps and things going on but there's also either rituals or faux rituals i don't know if there's a such thing as a faux ritual but you actually got to experience uh, one of those what was it last night yeah last night we were walking out in the playa not walking riding around out in the playa and there was a, a one camp i'm not sure exactly what it was but it was a bunch of Egyptian statues that glowed in the dark and had lights inside and flashed their eyes red and green and blue and then there was a bunch of scantily clad women and there was some kind of ritual going on I'm not sure what they were doing but they had a woman suspended horizontally by ropes yeah and they were dancing slowly like snakes kind of and yeah, just, yeah. we really didn't know we asked the people around if they knew but no one really seemed to know what was happening there but Right. And that's an interesting thing around here because art is a big part of it. I mean, at least the uh, that's an excuse for a lot of this stuff, you know, just artistic expression. But a lot of this quote unquote art really takes the form of some longstanding occultic rituals in one way or another, which uh, maybe it's art to them. But, you know, in the spiritual realm, there's, like you said, still consequences to everything. Yeah, I think in life we... We take a lot of liberties under different words. Under We call it something else, and yeah. really it's just a cover, a mask. Ah, yeah, that's interesting. So what's something uh, that you've seen that has got your attention there, Jen? Honestly, I haven't seen too much. I've done more of just, like, talking to people, everyone mm -hmm. that I encounter. Yeah. I, I They ask me what camp I'm with. I say Camp of the Unknown God. And they ask what the theme is, and I just tell them we're Christians who come out here, and everybody's looking for a spirituality in, in some form or another. And so I want to come represent mine in my hope in Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. Yeah. And so I talked to a homosexual one night in a bar for about 20 minutes, but then stayed and preached the gospel to the two bartenders Yeah. the rest of the night. Yesterday, I met a longtime seasoned burner at um, Camp Soft Landing, which hosts the Palenque Norte lecture series. So they're the very technical scientific camp 
that deals with psychedelics, mm, all the right. science, the neuroscience behind psychedelics maps lectures there. They're the uh, organization that's trying to legalize psychedelics for therapeutic research. Right, right. And so I, I was I was talking to this one gentleman and he was a conspiracy theorist. Um, there was a lecture going on, so we were just kind of whispering in the background, but come to find out he had been mentored in his 20s by Ram Dawes mm. and Wavy Gravy. If you don't know who Ram Dawes is, he helped Timothy Leary write the book on psychedelics. He yep. also wrote the book Be Here Now, yep. um, which a lot of... The, in fact, that's what Steve Jobs is what changed his life right. and why he went to India and essentially founded Apple. And been a very popular, I mean, he's gained a lot of popularity around Das recently, yes. I've noticed. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Now, what's been the response when you're talking to people, you know, giving them the gospel? I mean, is it, what's the reception like? They're incredibly receptive. They're A, in, in shock that Christians are even here and not portraying the, the negative stereotypes yeah. of, of normal Christians. I just tell them I'm, I'm here to be the hands and feet of Jesus and just meet people exactly where they're at. And they're just in awe. They're shocked. I've actually almost every single one ha have said, I've never met a Christian like you. Oh, well, that's wonderful. And Hopefully so, that's a good thing. I, I'm hoping that's a good thing. <laughs> and um, I just explained that people here are suffering and the compassion that Jesus felt. I want that same compassion and help people alleviate their suffering. And it was Jesus the, that alleviated mine. And, and if I can spread that to them and, and alleviate just a little bit of their suffering, then I've done my job. There we go. That's beautiful. How about you? You have uh, had any conversations or experiences? I forgot if you mentioned that. Well, I, I, I have had quite a few conversations and yeah. I do say we're Christian and and some of them don't talk to you again. And, uh, <laughs> That's I, kind of what I was more expecting. I'm not quite as, you know, attractive as... <laughs> <laughs> and charming yeah, and charming and, and the big fancy words but yeah the, i mean I, you got you you do got your socks with sandals on which well, is I'm a very specific canadian right yeah. that's what we do right? it's just normal for us oh uh, right? yeah yeah okay. i didn't know you could wear them without socks actually <laughs> so, but uh, no I, I have talked to a few people and mentioned why we're here and what we're doing and and actually you do get a lot of criticism from other christians they're saying Interesting. Well, why, tell me about why that. are you going there what are you doing there like yes you know, what's the point? And I'm there, well, you know what? It's a mission field. Yeah. And, and did the missionaries that came to North America, did they know what they were getting into? Mm. It's really safe to be in a church. Yeah. And, and yeah. talk to whatever. But you come here, you're in the belly of the beast. Yeah. This is it. That's absolutely true. You know, I'm sure there's some people listening right now who are wondering why we spent so much time and energy even just sitting down to, to talk about it. Because I, I guess that would, just to bring in the possible criticism from, from other Christians, I'll play that. I mean, why would you put yourself in a situation, there's, to use a broad term, demonic things happening all around, and you're putting yourself right in the middle of it, and there's, you know, some would say there's some potential for some trouble when it comes to that. So why even bother? Well, the, the thing is, is you don't know where people at, are at in their life when you just meet them. Also, you don't know what the Holy Spirit's done before, mm. before you got there. And you really don't know what, what you say, what you say and what they hear are two different things. Mm. 
So, you know, yesterday I talked to a guy, I asked him if he was married. I always say, yeah, are you married with 10 kids? And of course they always say no. <laughs> but uh, he said, no, I'm too old to have kids now. I'm 32. I'm there. Hey, man, I had my first child when I was 32 and, and it was the biggest blessing in my life. Yeah. So maybe he needed to hear that. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? You never know what seeds have been planted. Exactly. And where that growth is when you reach yeah. somebody. So if we're planting positive seeds out here in people's mind, then then maybe that's they're going to grow into something else down the road. Yes, we may not, you know, the Holy Spirit maybe hasn't made them ready to be saved at that moment. But, you know, down the road, it's another stepping stone, getting closer to at least realizing, is this where we really want to be? Are you going to find the answers here at Burning Man right. of your life where everyone here is searching for something, it seems like? That's true. Yeah. So. And not only planting seeds, but I consider as streams in the desert, we're also watering seeds that have already been planted. Mm, yeah. Um, and I take scripture quite literally of snatching people out of the fire. And yet we don't participate in the rituals. We don't ingratiate ourselves within the culture, but you have to get close to the fire in order to snatch somebody out. Absolutely. And Jesus gave us one job, go into the world and make disciples of all the nations. That means to go out, not stay in your safe church. Yeah. That means the great commission i have to go out and do that and, yeah. and find the lost he came for the sick not the healthy and yeah. and everybody here is incredibly sick yeah as was i when i was saved sure yeah you know it, this is i'm going to take the opportunity to tell this story i'm sure i will tell the story more uh, many times so i apologize listeners but i thought it was a pretty fun story so uh there we talked about it before there's this thing called folly out in the desert it's this big a uh, wooden structure, huge wooden structure, beautifully crafted, kind of looks like a fortress and you can go inside of it. And again, it's just beautiful. It's got like 20 rooms or something and every room is themed and there's all sorts of activities. And I was there the other night just checking it out and uh, just enjoying it, marveling at the somebody, the pretty good carpenters out here, I gotta say. Maybe that's a good way to get into the Jesus conversation. <laughs> <Too shed>. <laughs> <laughs> but um. So I was, I was up on the second level of this thing and I was looking down into the courtyard of this big structure and there was a man having a very hard time on some sort of drug. You can tell he, he was not there. His mind was not there. He was yelling. He was on his own journey somewhere for sure. And um, this happened for about 30 seconds and it culminated in him falling onto the ground and lying still which was concerning and some people checked him out and he was breathing and you know he just was in the whatever the next stage of his experience was going to be and i thought it was entertaining because the second that happened you know people start to kind of gather they want to see what's going on make sure the guy's okay and immediately there's like three or four what i can only describe as like energy healers you know, they immediately kind of clapped their hands together and started rubbing it, rubbing them together and reaching out their hands towards him and like Reiki, and trying to do some Reiki, laying hands on him type of thing. And it's all very, you know, is you could imagine a, a Reiki master or something like, oh, here's my chance to zap him with whatever. I don't know what they do, but I need to educate myself apparently more on what Reiki is. But it was very obvious that this was going on. It was like a energy healing uh, first responder team or something. And 
<laughs> Jen, Jen's laughing. You're allowed to laugh into the mic. It, it helps uh, the listening experience. It's like laughing is part of the show. Um, but so this was happening. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And I was very curious. I'm like, as we know, many of the, the magic or the occult powers and things like that certainly can have real effects in the real world. So I'm thinking, okay, how many energy healers does it take to fix a bad trip? Let's find out. Well, and yeah, I, I was just wondering if they were competing to see who could heal. You know, them, right? I couldn't you know, tell. It's a, very I, possibly could have been. They were very energetic. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> so this was going on for a while, and you know, I kind of, you know, hate to say it, lost interest and kept walking and made it all the way back down to the first level, and. You know, this must have been five minutes later. I, I was wandering. I wasn't necessarily running down there. And I get down to the first level, and he is still on the ground, still breathing, seems fine. Everybody's calm. Energy healers still doing it, still rubbing and whatever they're doing. And again, watched for a couple more minutes. And I'm sorry this is long drawn out, but it was a fun experience for me. And I suddenly was just like, I just got this unction. I was like, Okay, this has gone on long enough. And just felt led to just pray under my breath. Wasn't making a big deal about it. Just like, okay, Lord, all right, this is, we're done here. This is, uh, you know, take care of the situation, you know. And uh, started praying under my breath, not making a big deal about it. Literally five seconds after I started praying, the guy popped up and was like, ooh, Wow, I feel great. Wow. And, and I was maybe 20 feet away from this guy. And of course, all the energy healers are like, yeah, Don't we did us. it. We did it. <laughs> and I was just thankful. They're like, okay, good Lord. I'm glad that guy's okay. But it was just so, it was even, it even kind of shocked me. Because of course, I was just praying just because the guy needed prayer. And, uh, but literally not five, 10 seconds after starting, he popped up and was totally fine. And, uh, wow. you know, I thought <laughs> afterwards, I was like, man, I really should have made a show about that. So Jesus could have gotten the glory, <laughs> you know, but uh, that's not quite my style. But what it showed me was that even if you're not there to sort of make a big show and stand for Christ, simply being there and operating within the kingdom of God, making basically, a, you know, helping whatever this emergency situation was. And um, so uh, that is to say the spiritual atmosphere is ripe for the movement of God, for sure. So I was yeah. at the temple yesterday and I kind of just did the same thing last night. I was just walking through and under my breath, inviting the Holy Spirit in and asking him to come be the comforter to the people who were mourning and very, very sad and crying and just didn't feel the need to like go up and tell anybody, but just inviting the Holy Spirit into the place. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, that's kind of the highest call in one way. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that yeah, yesterday we, we went to a, a session, whatever, in this place and everyone, I, we walked in and everyone's laying down. Well, I'm hot and tired, so I laid down too. Yeah. And then they're talking about the diggery-doo. Yeah. Okay. Right? So didgeridoo. The, didgeridoo. The yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it was an Australian thing. So they talked about you know stuff. They talk about the 
healing the world and you know all this and the ancients and that seems to be a big thing here and then they had this master of the pl play who plays this instrument and what what he did was he uh actually went around to everybody and blew this blew over them with this thing so he First he tripped over my foot because he didn't know I was there. And then, he, and then he turned around and then he, you know, he, he blew it over me. And I'm like praying, Lord, I just pray that nothing sticks to me. There's no keep away all whatever he's doing here away. But the vibrations that that thing put off, you could just feel it through your whole body. Yeah, like it totally. Was unbelievable. Speaking so. of vibrations... Yeah, we got, are home. we got a nice rave going on here. So, and uh, actually, we got the rest of the Camp of the Unknown God just rolled up. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to recoup and uh, we're going to get back in it with the rest of the team here. So stay tuned, everybody. And uh, thank you guys so much for talking to us today. And we'll be talking to you some more. Thank you. For sure. Okay, yeah. here we go. All right, so there you have it. That's Jen and Brian. Uh, pretty crazy story there, Basil, about your little encounter with a guy flipping out on the ground and the drug man. The drug man that the the, the Holy Spirit man. seems to have uh, resuscitated him through your intervention. Yeah, well, he, the Holy Spirit resuscitates him through himself, and you know that was uh, it was really a cool experience, especially when. I was just surrounded by, you know, the just the nonsense of it all, and uh, to to see, you know, God work in such a cool way, um, kind of secret agent style, was really a powerful <laughs> experience for me. So I'm glad I got to tell that story. Oh, well, uh, uh, real quick though, I'm just curious, just because mm -hmm. we're in this little break, do you think that this type of false sense of healing goes on in the church too? You know, there's definitely, <laughs> there, there is definitely some that goes on in the church, I think. Um, you know, I try to stay positive about what happens in the church as much as I can. Certainly, there are people who are very good at pointing out and criticizing when stuff like that happens that isn't real, you know, or that right. is for show. You know, that was the thing that I noticed with the energy healers was just a lot of show, I think I mentioned it was like the prophets of Baal, yeah, They're kind of dancing around and, and being loud and uh, <laughs> and uh, shaking it, their uh, tambourines. Yeah, and it really was just a quiet, uh, quiet prayer that uh, that God moved through. So yeah, you know, it's certainly in certain aspects of the church today, we see a lot of the uh, dancing around and a lot of the screaming. Not to say that it's all bad, but there's certainly some criticism to be had about that. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get your opinion on that since yeah. you've been around. Well, next up, Gons, we have uh, a couple of of newbies. Ooh, the new fresh ones. Yeah. So I was, I was excited that there are some fresh new people. This is Audrey, who uh, those who have been connected to the Canary Cry, uh, I don't know, ethos have heard of and probably heard Audrey. Uh, we, I had the wonderful opportunity to meet her a couple of years ago at some conferences, and she's uh, just been around on online. She's involved with uh, a few other ministries, so it was wonderful to meet her in person again. And there was a, a nice young man, Taylor, who uh, actually he tells a little bit of his story, so I don't want to give it all away, but this was his first time at Burning Man as well. 
And I think it, this is an important conversation for those, you know, I'm, uh, people have mentioned to me now, after I've gone twice, that they are thinking about wanting to go and what to expect and what is it like. And um, Audrey and Taylor both give an excellent sort of overview about the months coming up to your first trip to Burning Man and what to expect when you get there as a first timer, yeah. especially when you're coming in as a sort of Christian secret agent and <laughs> how to deal with that. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Still, still dusty, still sunny. I'm doing okay though. We're going to make it and... Um, I'm very excited because with me, I have two first-time burners. We are still at the camp of the Unknown God. And uh, here we have Taylor. Say hi, Taylor. Hello, everyone. That's right. And we have Audrey. Hello, everyone. That's right. And some of you might know Audrey. She's been uh, intimately connected with the Canary Crying Canarians, Canary Cry community. She's been... Uh, just uh, a wonderful friend and listener for many years, and I'm so glad we've we've met in person a couple times. Couple times, yes. And, but uh, this, I would say, might be the most intimate of occasions. So I'm very excited about this. Jen, I see Jen trying to get in on this conversation, but I'm not going to let her do it. This is this is the beginners, the beginner session. The newbies, the yeah. newbies, Jen. So Audrey, why don't you start? Tell me, this is your first time. What made you decide to connect with the Camp of the Unknown God? And what was the experience getting out here? For any, remember, we have listeners out here who are getting inspired to be boots on the ground at Burning Man, maybe join the Camp of the Unknown God. Who knows? Maybe this camp will keep growing into a, a, a force for uh, Jesus here, out here. We can maybe, uh, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? It's metamorphosis, baby. But... <laughs> You made it out here. Tell me a little bit about your experience and what uh, what it's what was first like coming out here. Oh my goodness! I met Burning Man because of Carl, so this is Carl's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Um, no, I'm a boots on the ground researcher. Mm -hmm. I believe that if you have the opportunity to really go out there and see what's in the world instead of sitting behind, you know, YouTube or, and, right. you know, those type of venues to actually go out and actually see the other side. And as Carl had stated earlier, when you start to do that, you just realize that people are people. Yeah. We're just all the same. That's right. Right. Yeah. We have our own experiences, dreams, desires, that kind of thing but we're following different spiritualities. And so what I like to do as boots on the ground is to go and learn the other side, connect with them and, and, and preach the gospel if I can. Yeah. Right. When the opportunity but using their lingo, not hammering them over the head. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm at burning man. It's, very interesting. I'm sitting here. My boots feel like cement right now. Yeah, you got some dusty boots. Like literally cement. I can't really undo the zippers of my boots. Nope, I lost stuck. my bike stand. <laughs> Supply of dust ate through my bike stand. That's what happens. <laughs> um, the journey getting here, though, I'm really glad you brought that up. People don't realize boots on the ground isn't just, you know, I love adventure. I'm not going to lie. I love adventure. But it's hard. I always say that. Be, you know, in today's world, all these millennials, they crave adventure. Yeah. They want experiences. But it is not adventure 
Unless it hurts. <laughs> and this one hurt. Yeah. Tell this me about one that. really, really hurt. You know, people decide to come to Burning Man a year in advance, and it literally takes some t sometimes a year to plan for this thing. Mm -hmm. Like Carl had mentioned as well, don't underestimate what it takes to come to Burning Man. That's right. This isn't going camping in the bush for a week. Mm -hmm. Like you literally have to prepare mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally for this event. Mm -hmm. But I had decided, Brian and I had decided to come four months ago. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness, just the prep. There's a lot. The prep's a lot. Mm -hmm. But what I experienced was a very heavy oppression. Interesting. Yeah. Man, tell me more about that. Yeah, it was very, very heavy to the point where, you know, I was getting really grumpy mm -hmm. and uh, I can't think. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was just drowning in this hole of, you know, reading like how to prepare for Burning Man, reading everybody's list, going on all the Facebook groups, all that, and just getting caught up in that yeah. and thinking that I had to, to bring all this stuff and prepare for all this stuff. But as well, it was, it was so hard to describe, Basil, it was just a heaviness. A, a heaviness yeah. because our purpose for coming here was to join the camp of the unknown God. Yeah. Not, you know, to come into their territory, observe, not come with a Bible pounding them over the head, right. but having the conversations on their terms mm -hmm. using their lingo. Yeah. And, and because Burning Man is a very spiritual place, totally. very spiritual. I think people underestimate the spirituality. It's not a fun party in the desert can be but not but that is not the, the not core the value that's right yeah. it's not the underlying thing here yeah so coming and speaking on their terms and talking about the true spirituality yeah getting them to think plant those seeds yeah right so i think what i was feeling was the devil yeah. did not want us here yeah no there's certainly a lot of uh resistance Oh, resistance to that. Oh, and the negativity, you know, from from people around me sometimes um, was overwhelming. It was really, really hard on me emotionally to get here. Yeah, very hard. And it, very strangely, the day that we were to come here, that that we made our final, <laughs> shoved everything into our truck as best we can on that final day, and actually hit the road. I felt it lift. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. You yeah. made it through. I made it through and I'm here. And like I said, my boots are like cement and <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah, the playa dust is is wow. Yeah. It is everything and more that people say it is. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, you cannot incredible. under you cannot understate the no, playa dust. No. Well that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. And next we have Taylor. Yep. Your first time as well. First timer. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Have you ever heard of Canary Cry Radio? I had. Um, I never, I'm not sure I might have listened to a couple episodes off, you know, because I got into that whole, part of my testimony is the whole YouTube yeah. conspiracy trail totally. research. So I went down that rabbit hole. Okay. So I probably came across you guys. All right. Just getting a feel yeah. of, you know, what, who, what your mindset is. Sure. Man. I mean, you're here with these guys. So you got to be a little weird. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So what, how did you get here? What was the, how'd you get connected? How'd you decide to come and, and what was the experience like? Sure. So, um, one of Carl's good friends, uh, Bob Worley, I met him at an apologetics conference in Anaheim. Awesome. I'm from San Diego. Mm -hmm. or I'm from Los Angeles, but I live in San Diego now. And so I drove up with, uh, my brother uh, and the Lord, Jeff Kangas, we went up to Anaheim for this uh, apologetics conference where Bob was speaking on Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. And so we met Bob afterwards 
and um, him and, and Jeff became really good friends with each other. And so he, he had invited us to come up to Burning Man and to check that out. Um, so I came up with a group of five of us. And this is a group of guys that we do a lot of uh, street evangelism in yeah. San Diego. We try to go to events. Um, so you're an outward facing dude, yeah. outward facing yeah. Christian. You're evangel. You're used to evangelizing. You're mm -hmm. reaching out. That's great. You, you've come out from the YouTube cave. Sure. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so, but, uh, funny, I didn't even plan to be in here. Actually, we, it was our assumption that we would just be on the outskirts of Burning Man, mm -hmm. uh, you know, witnessing, sharing the gospel. And uh, about a day or two before, we found out that there was an extra ticket for one of us to go. Mm. And so we actually didn't make that decision on who would go until uh, about after lunch on Thursday. Um, wow. So it was between me and another guy. And, and, and the, the brothers knew that I was very interested in uh, Burning Man and, and I... I've been interested for the past couple of years studying the new age movement because I see that amongst people my age who I talk to that they're of the, you know, spiritual, but not religious yep. type, mm -hmm. which, which when I studied the new age, it seemed that that was the undercurrent, uh, spirituality, it's at least the entrance point for right, sure. Right. Yeah. So you were a, a, a late development yes. coming in. Yeah. What did it meet your expectations? Were you fully prepared? I see that you are, are in fairly normal clothes. Yeah. Looks like you may have just wandered in off the street. Sure. Yeah. So I, I'm familiar with, um, you know, before I got saved, I'd gone to Coachella and some other, I was in, I was really into, um, deep house dance music. Yeah. Um, in my college years. So okay, I was familiar party with boy. the music side of it and the partying side. Not, I never really got into the spiritual component of it, mm -hmm. but, um, as I started doing my research that led to me being saved, I learned about, okay, this is more than like we've been saying, it's more than just a party. There's a spiritual component. Yeah. And I had actually listened to uh, one of Carl's interviews, I think from 2015, I don't remember what station he was on. And that was the first time there was an overlay of, of the audio with video from Burning Man. And so I saw that and that was my first time really seeing these transformational festivals and what was going on here because my understanding was it, I only had the experience of Coachella, which is more like, more like a concert. There's a couple art installations, but it's still more music, heavily music focused. Yeah. And so, um, when I saw it, I was just like, wow, Yeah. I was, I couldn't believe it. Cause I, I've done a lot of research about, you know, witches and Wiccanism, but I've never really seen it. Mm -hmm. I've, the only time I've seen things, it's like in the past, yep. black and white, you know, old photos and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But yeah. I realized, hey, this is going on today. You see it happening all around you over here. Right. Yeah. That's why boots on the ground so important. Yeah. So yeah. that's another thing I, I wanted to come out here and, and just confirm what I've seen online and seen with other people talk about. I wanted to make sure I want to just be able to see it myself because yeah. it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I read it on the Internet. Work. So exactly. it must be true versus, Hey, I was there. I understand. Yeah. You know, for this is for both of you and whoever wants to jump in can, but what is, uh, how does actually being here, having the experience, the reality of the burning man experience, uh, compare to uh, the expectations or how it was built up or, or the picture of it you had in your mind? I had a little taste of it going to a regional burn okay. again with Carl. Yeah. <laughs> a little um, warm up. Yeah. Bad influence. Totally. So I kind of knew a little bit what to expect. My first impression 
was that, okay, so I look around and I'm seeing all the camps and I'm seeing all the spirituality and the new age, things like that. And I'm thinking it's just like a psychic fair times a thousand. Mm -hmm. Add art cars, add all the music, Some add all dust. the dust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So you kind of had some experience with these types of events before. Yeah. And, yeah. and plus, you so know, I've didn't I've take you completely by surprise. Not, no, not at all. That's great to hear. Yeah. You look like you're doing great. How about <laughs> you, fine. Taylor? Um, more or less meeting my expectations. Honestly, the weather has been great. Um, I thought it would be a lot hotter, mm -hmm. um, which I hope I'm not cursing that now <laughs> by saying that, but um, weather's been good. The one thing is I... I I still haven't got my bearings of the place, but it is way bigger than I thought it would be. I had the same thought. It is it's, humongous. When right. I first came, I had, it is hard to comprehend just how big, just talking about acreage mm -hmm. is wild. Yeah. You can ride. I mean, uh, I'm camped so far away from you guys and it was yeah a real journey. I thought, Oh, I'll leave a half hour before I'll mm -hmm. just make it over there. Yeah. Carl, what do you got? Yeah, I we mean, got that, Carl Tykrib so, here sitting in that. on the newbie, uh, yeah, newbie group. But I think I think that one of the one of the important things when you come here for the very first time, and, and you're just starting to experience that, Taylor, is just to orient yourself, yes. to the place, oh, yes. and that takes a couple of days. You really oh, yes. do. I'm still not oriented. This is the furthest I've been this direction, and we're two or three days in. Jen's just talking. She has no microphone. She just wants to get. She's a showman for sure. I just want to say one more thing about just the art that I've seen here is just it's so creative and I'm just overwhelmed by the by the art mm -hmm. and I and I ask myself why don't we have this amongst the Christian community mm. where is this because when I see it in the Christian community it's it's usually not doctrinally sound and mm. so I, I, I just I think we should explore that. Yeah. It's well, spectacular here. Yeah. It's amazing. I Like we've been out into the deep playa now for three days and just looking at all the art, very creative and simply, amazing. Simply on an artistic level, you know, we know the spiritual side, but simply on an artistic level, some of the most impressive creations I've ever seen. And aesthetically is one thing. But even just the scale and the interactability, you know, everything you can, yeah. pretty much everything you can climb, you can cranks and knobs and whatever. And then a lot of them get set on fire, which is its own fun part of it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's actually very cool. I like that a lot. What's been maybe uh, one of the wildest, most off-putting or surprising or coolest, what's something that really sticks out in your guys' mind? as far as whether it's art or a camp or just a wild bicycle? Um, I guess for me it was reading this, uh, I don't know where it went, but um, one of the camps and just some of the workshops they're putting on that, that just delve into so much sexual deviancy, mm. darkness. I can't believe what's what they're thinking up. Um, Interesting. And it's just so wicked. And yeah. I, I'm just appalled, appalled at that. Yeah. And it seems like... I understand that it's an itch you can't scratch. And mm. so as you can't, you know, you just scratch harder and harder and you go deeper and deeper into just debauchery. That's some good insight. Thank yeah. you for that. How about you? Oh, we have a mailman oh, coming up. Oh, just hold on. Oh, there is a Playa mailman. Playa mail. Yeah. yeah. We have for Jen is getting a package. 
There's a whole team. This is a this is very interesting. Live everybody. Live at Burning Man. Oh, yeah, I have not experienced this before. We have a whole team of uh, what seem to be some Playa postal workers coming in with uh, some packages, and Jen is now figuring out. <laughs> wow! So figuring out her name was a. I don't know how much of this is getting captured. Okay, uh, we will have some uh, postal worker updates here. Would you like to tell us who you are? United States Beer uh, Service. So we we deliver um, loggers to the playa. Oh, that's very nice. So you, do you have addresses? How did this happen? Well, we're from Hushville. Okay. Yep, not so far away. Oh, yeah, very official-looking firm uh, form here. Okay. It's a bureaucracy, so there's always forms to fill in <laughs> and we got questions that we ask our first question is your gender well first off we have to ask have you uh can you show us your ID, or do you have any id i do have id and i look at you, you right no 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 because remember you have to ask if somebody has id then you have to look at, at it so i look at it uh-huh and now we've done it oh very good some gender gender neutral very good asked the question yes sorry yeah and then we got that covered so you're another age when you first got drunk <laughs> oh, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer. I think I started experimenting uh, around 18. Okay, that's liar. A, I was technically an adult. So in Europe, I would have been fine. In case anybody's listening on this recording here. Like and, your mother. And then because it's a bureaucracy, we have to ask your preference on several things, especially underwear. And so the questions are, do you prefer thongs, bikini speedos, panties, briefs, depending on, of course, what gender you Bloomers, boxers, or commando? Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of bloomers. Excellent. Yeah. What about on me? <laughs> you know what? I prefer what you prefer on yourself. Oh. Sorry, that's the wrong answer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was being good. <laughs> well, no thank you so much, you, guys. Yes. <laughs> High five. Okay. <laughs> Wow. One of the many surprises that happen around here. Yeah. Okay. So getting back. Oops, sorry. So getting back to it. Where were we? What were we talking about? You gave a, a very good insight on um, the thing that took you by surprise the most. The, the, the Really how deep the sexual, uh, the parasexual events yeah. um, going on. Yeah. Very interesting. And it's just scary for me because I know that before... I was saved. I, this is I would have came here looking for fornication right. and trying to womanize here. Yeah, and I just I'm so thankful I didn't because I could have gone down that same road. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. How about you, Audrey? The hypocrisy. Well, tell me about that. Yeah, That's very interesting. It is interesting, actually. Okay. I'm surprised, but not surprised, just because of the type of research that I've done, but. We were at a workshop with, we'll say, a big wig within the Burning Man hierarchy community. Okay. Yeah, we'll just say that. All right. And um, so she was asked just questions about how her conservatism has helped or not helped with Burning Man today. And her answer was that she valued her conservative upbringing because it taught her how to manage Burning Man's finances. That is very interesting. Yes, so basically, don't get in debt, don't spend what you don't have. Yeah. Um, she said the gifting community is not sustainable. <laughs> um, uh -huh. So 
all these burners are here under community, you know, um, s sustainability, yeah. all all those type of, you know, even the the principles, radical self-inclusion, all that stuff, mm -hmm. right? Radical ritual, all that stuff. Well, what what allowed them to get to this point, right? Right. Capitalism exactly. and, you know, conservative exactly. financial yeah. ideals. Yeah, that is very interesting. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. The hypocrisy I, I, that I find and even we went to a workshop about cryptocurrencies. Yeah, right. And they too say, you know, none of this is sustainable. It's great for eight days. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to it, I actually am. My heart is warmed by the fact that they're aware of this. Yes, <laughs> You yes. know, I'm kind of like, okay, well, that's good. At least somebody's got some brains between their ears there. And two, okay, so you come to Burning Man. Uh -huh. You need a lot of money to come to Burning Man. This is expensive. It is not... It's not cheap. Inclusionary of all right. socioeconomic that's right. levels, that's for right. sure. It's very expensive to come <laughs> out here. So... Yeah. Okay. Well, that's very good. Well, I was going to let you guys go wrap okay. up here. So if there's anything on your heart, anything else you wanted to talk about, I'll open it up to you now. But if not, that's totally cool. We can let it go and drift off into the dust. So yeah, the only thing I would say is I, I do, and I'm still getting my bearings here, but I, I find myself struggling because there are certain aspects of this event that I, that I enjoy, including the music. And there's a part of me that wants to just go in there and, and dance and, and, you know, just let loose, but understanding just the darkness behind the whole thing in general, I have a hard time, um, finding the middle ground if there is a middle ground. And so that's something I've been thinking about internally as I just, you know, ride around and see all these, uh, you know, dance floors yeah, and stuff. That's very interesting yeah. and great for people to know if they're thinking about coming. Yeah. So thank you so much, Taylor. How about you, Audrey? Anything left? Um, I don't think so. I, I just, I just think that, uh, I think this research and this ministry is really important. Yeah. Um, there's so many lost and hurting people out there just looking for an answer. Yeah. They're looking for a spirituality. They're looking for a God. We all know at, on some level, there's a God. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I think what we're doing here is a beginning of something that the Taylor's a part of, mm -hmm. you know, um, the whole reason that you're here is because you have on the outside of Burning Man, you have a whole group of people desiring to come in or around Burning Man to be there to answer those questions about spirituality and God and just minister and stuff. Right. And if I can make one more comment, I, you know, Carl, we talked about earlier, I, did, I learned for the first time that there's a difference between Satanism and Luciferianism. Mm, and, yeah. that, and I didn't know that. And I can see why it's so important that we learn these things because, you know, this is something I know with me and my team, when we go outside, we all, we all think it's the same thing. And we think that they actually believe in Satan and that they're worshiping Satan. Right. But I'm understanding now that it's not quite that. And mm -hmm. so it's important to learn that because I can speak more eloquently to the people and say, Hey, I know you, I understand That's your position right. rather than just being thrown off because I'm saying something that they don't even believe. Yeah. And I think that that's yeah. what they believe. That's, that's great. That's Absolutely. very eloquent, uh, subtle differentiation to know, but a very important one because without knowing that differentiation, you are just talking right past each other. Well, 
Taylor, Audrey, thank you guys so much for sitting down to talk with me here and uh, enjoy the rest. And we pray blessings on you as we move forward and finish out the rest. we got a few more days and uh, you guys got a good head on your shoulders. I think you're going to make it. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. You know, I really liked what Audrey had to say about just leading up to it, the spiritual warfare and just, you know, just kind of the, the struggles that uh, you probably don't expect. You know, you, you think you get excited. I mean, I can imagine if I had made the decision to go, I'd be really excited. Like, oh man, I'm going to do all this uh, evangelizing and all this stuff. But certainly, uh, especially Audrey seemed to be a little bit, not oppressed necessarily, but just the, the weight of the whole thing to keep her, to prevent her from going. Well, that's true. And those who are aware of sort of the spiritual warfare that happens, you know, really every day, it's a, it's a daily uh, occurrence. It really becomes pronounced when you make the decision right. to do something big like this. And yeah, Audrey's story about, you know, even starting six months before after she decided to go um, and that being a months long battle until she finally crossed the line into maybe, you know, protected territory or uh, sort of uh, reaching some victorious point where yeah, she threshold. comes out of that. Yeah. yeah, was a very cool story. And, you know, I really liked Taylor's explanation of when you're out there, you really are surrounded by a lot of the things that you left behind right. before you came to Jesus, you know, yeah. or be before you reached some sort of spiritual maturity. And so that's something important to consider, too. You know, right. if you find yourself in a place where you're still experiencing, you know, or you have a hard time with temptation or you ha you're not quite solid in, um, you know, averting your eyes in certain right. <laughs> occasions, right. yeah. then, uh, you know, that's something really you want to consider before coming out here because you really need to be clad in the armor of God, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, because it is not it is not an easy place to be if you uh, experience those types of former struggles. Right. If you're if you're easily led astray uh, in that yeah. in the temptations, for sure. And I, yeah, I mean that's that's something people probably don't consider is their own spiritual maturity and if they can even handle something like this. I know I know people get really excited about the possibility of evangelizing and, and especially with this setting knowing that you're probably one of, I don't know, 10 people, 20 people <laughs> that are at this, you know, 80 to a hundred thousand people to, to kind of have this unique perspective on things. Um, yeah. it takes a little bit of, uh, preparation. Uh, and yeah. like, like you said, the whole, the whole armor of God, especially the, the one around the loins there. <laughs> the and, belt of uh, truth. It it certainly helps to uh, be with a group of like-minded people. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, going out there solo trying to yeah. you know, get into the uh, uh, get into the crowd would be a little bit more difficult, but when you are with a team that has an expressed mission and an expressed purpose, uh, that's the safest place to be when you're out there. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Thank you very much Audrey and Taylor. Now next up guns is uh, a, a longer interview. This is with Carl Tykrib. For those who do not know, Carl is a good friend of the show and a researcher who has written about transformative events, which is a big topic in today's culture, especially with the younger folk. There's, you know, events happening all over the world that 
they've kind of moved out of the realm of just being, you know, a music festival or a fun thing to do over the weekend. And people really do expect to have a transformative experience. Right. And last year after uh, Burning Man, he released Game of Gods, which is his book all about these transformative events and the types of consequences that they have. And he returned to continue his research, and I got to sit down with him here. We revisit a couple of the topics that we touched on uh, from last year, the ramifications and the consequences of some of the stuff that happened last year. And um, overall, this conversation really gave a strong picture of, A, what it's like to go to Burning Man, B, what it's like to come back and report on Burning Man, and see what it's like to come back to Burning Man with a purpose and to watch the evolution of the culture as you see these events year by year. And uh, I don't know, I think it's a very important conversation and I'm excited for you to hear it. Yep, let's do it. Okay, everybody, we're back. We're here at the camp of the unknown god, Black Rock City. What is this, uh, Friday? I think it's Friday. So we're about halfway through. The sun is shining. The dust is dusty. And um, I broke my bike today, so my legs hurt. But more importantly, I'm here with uh, Carl Tykrib, which I am so excited. We're back, reconnected. You're back here doing your research. And um, those who remember the episodes from last year, we got kind of a good idea about what you were up to and what that meant for Black Rock City and what that meant for the folks at home. But uh, in case this is anybody's first experience with our uh, live from Black Rock City broadcast, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown, what you're doing here, and uh, where do we go from there? Okay, no, that sounds good. For those who don't know, I do social research. I'm a writer, I'm a lecturer, and uh, I'm the author of the book Game of Gods. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, long engaged in doing research on social transformation since the early... 1990s, full-time since 97. And why I attend Burning Man, and this is my third burn, mm -hmm. is to try to understand cultural transformation, specifically at a global level, because what we're seeing ha at the burn is uh, um, literally a sandbox for social change and social transformation. This is a place that uh, is the cutting edge of culture, uh, cutting the cutting edge of new ideas. And uh, by attending, uh, you're able to rub shoulders with some of those, the, some of those uh, change agents and uh, get a sense of their vision and, and the direction they would like to see the world go. Yeah, that's interesting. Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit more about this sandbox idea. What does that sure, mean for people sure. who might not know? Uh, it, well, number one, this is a closed space. It's a place where, where even the, the aspect of anonymity allows people to feel free with, with how they... Uh, how they behave, how they project themselves. Uh, going to many of the workshops, the, the speakers feel very free and want interactions. They want you to, to ask questions. Uh, it's, it is a safe place in some respects for those who are engaging in networking and envisioning. Uh, 
And so we've gone to a few workshops. Some of the workshops have been kind of like, oh, golly, I could have done something better with my time. Mm. I mean, that happens. You get bummer workshops. You know, don't <laughs> some really bummer workshops. <laughs> like, like, what in what's, the world? what's an example of okay, that? Okay, a good example, Basil, was yesterday we were at a workshop on world peace and harmony at uh -huh. a, major, a major camp, okay, a major, major camp full of social change agents. And I mean some serious, serious players. And this guy must have been higher than a kite <laughs> because he... He started off by, by talking about a little bit about himself and about how this is, he was so excited to share. And they started singing a song. And then he told us more anecdotes about his life. And then he sang more songs. And they moved around the room singing. And I think at one point he finally <laughs> realized he wasn't wearing any underwear or anything, or any pants, just his shirt. And he was, oh, no. yeah, yeah, his dress, his dress. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. And, and honestly, honestly, Basil, I mean, I laughed because mm -hmm. I, I la it, it had gone to the level of utter absurdity. And yet at the right. same time, his brother is the, I'm not going to say much, except the fact he is uh, uh, the founder of a multi-billion dollar hedge fund. Wow. And this individual was tied into the intelligence community. And he openly admitted that. Wow. And so he was dropping little, little hints along the way. And Audrey was the one that picked up the hints. I had a hard time just keeping myself not from laughing. <laughs> so, I mean, you get, you get those kind of situations where it's like, You've just entered the absurd. You've yeah. entered the twilight zone. Right. It kind of moves away from this sort of constructive cultural building and into somebody who just has a microphone and wanted to talk for a while. Right. And was higher than a kite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's a good yeah. uh, that's a good explanation I, of sort of the <laughs> the more mundane, useless side of maybe some of these talks. What are some of the more constructive talks you'd say where oh, you can really boy. see a, a shifts happening or um, a message being spread remember the future the planetary civilization that was a workshop that the planetary civilization that's right there's a workshop that brian audrey and myself attended at camp mystic yeah which is a, a, a camp of major players okay um and so we had the the ceo and founder of a, a significant cryptocurrency we had uh people influential in the health industry People involved, very influential artists, mm -hmm. all envisioning what 2030 will look like. Hmm. And so for them, it was a visioning party. It was a, a way of playfully thinking about and expressing what they're, what they're looking to achieve by 2030. And that's not that far away. No. And what's interesting is the reference immediately came up that this is directly connected to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, mm -hmm. which are looked to be achieved by 2030. And yes. so how is this achieved? How do we how do we enter into this new space? How do we enter into the into this new new era? And so the artist gave her uh, talk about what she's doing to, to bring this about. Yes, that's right. Yeah, a, a, a train. She she's got this artistic idea of creating like a what a peace train was it? Freedom train something. Yeah, right. Where, where she's hoping that by well, I think it was by this time next year, she wanted to have a million different artistic expressions from people all around the world of their hopes and aspirations for 2030 and what the new civilization would look like. And she'd basically make this massive mosaic of like, like a train, literally yeah. like a train going down the tracks okay. of, of ideas that can take us to 2030. Yeah. And then other, I mean, that was more of an artistic flavoring of it, hey? Uh, but then there was other discussions with it. What was interesting was the, the moderator making reference to the fact that what 
what really Burning Man is, is the place where the sons and the daughters of the billionaires in the past mm. who had their version of, of a new order uh, and how the new order has changed. And now they've got the money. And these, these, the new players, the new princess, uh, have a, a different idea, yeah, a more holistic idea. And this is the place. It was very that reference came up very strongly. This Burning Man is the place where they come to network. Well, that's interesting that you say that because, yeah, you know, with this many people, 70, 80, however many people are here, that do you have a, an official Ruff, number? Roughly eighty thousand. Roughly eighty thousand. Yeah, feels like it. Um, so <laughs> roughly eighty thousand people. And of course, not everybody is some sort of thought leader or cultural oh, no. leader. I mean, you got a lot of normal people, you know, just like out in the real world or the default world, there are significant people here talking about what the future looks like. What are some examples, maybe some of the biggest, easiest to understand goals that are being set by this, uh, these types of groups? Well, I don't think it's so much an issue of them setting goals. Mm. Yeah, they are setting goals, but they don't talk about, at least the workshop we were in, they didn't talk about specifics in the sense that here's a game plan, point A, point B, point C. Right, they weren't uh, making a roadmap. No, it's not about making a roadmap. In fact, when you make roadmaps like that, you you tend to, to veer off course. Oh, don't and, I know And it. so you find, yeah, you find yourself in a different place. Really what it was more about was, was in their view, more or less creating the energy, that space mm. where they could begin the conversations and go deep in those conversations to see what 2030 would look like. And so one of the guys was talking about the necessity of, of restructuring uh, governance. What we need is, is to take it from the nation state uh, into a global level of governance. Of course. Uh, what we need is a president who has a global vision not a president for America, but a president who has a, a global, uh, a global sensibility. Yeah. So you weren't running into a lot of Trump fans around here. Huh? No, <laughs> not at least not in that workshop. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I wonder. I should. Uh, we should look around and see if there's any like secret Trump meetings or something. <laughs> like it's just a Trump rally. But you know, what? that's a good point mm -hmm. because. All right, getting back to the, not everybody here are, 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 you know, are movers and shakers. True. There's a lot of partiers, a lot. There's a nuance to this place, okay? There's libertarians. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, I was in a workshop with one of the most important movers and shakers in the Republican Party, mm. okay? Uh, so you've got a spectrum. You've got partiers. You've got people who are just coming for the sex, mm -hmm. just coming for that, that adventure. You have people coming just for the music. You have people coming because they're curious. There is a range. We had a guy that was camped behind us. He left yesterday morning, I think. I think he couldn't take the, the sound car across the street from us. <laughs> uh, and he, he, was, he had, didn't really know why he was here. He was just coming to check it out. That's an expensive ticket just to come uh, <laughs> check yeah. it out. But, you yeah. know, once but you're here, you're here. That. Yeah. You know, people do that. So there's, again, a lot of nuance to this place. And from the research perspective, I want to understand, all right, what is this? What is this saying? How is this preaching to our culture? What is it doing to change our culture? And we just, Taylor, Audrey, myself just came back from a workshop on how Burning Man is changing the world. Mm, interesting. With one of the questions being on the issue of governance. And the, the person hosting uh, this, this workshop uh, has just finished written, writing a book called Radical Ritual uh, on the history of Burning Man. And it came up that 52 U.S. mayors are here because the U.S. Conference of Mayors 
and Burning Man are tightly connected. They have, really? They've been interacting. Yeah, for the last three years, Burning Man has, has had uh, representatives going to the U.S. Conference of Mayors, helping them work through what the new city should look like. That's very interesting because so, one of the sort of highlights of uh, Burning Man in general is the city planning aspect. Right. You know, they build up and tear down an 80,000 80, citizen city uh, for 10 days or whatever it is, maybe a little longer on either side for the right. builders. And that takes a lot. And I do have to say to their credit, things work okay around here for they, the most part. They do, they do. And, and the gifting economy. Yeah. That, that, I mean, it really is appealing. It, it seems to work. And it does work because it's for a very short period of time. Yeah. And everybody is coming with everything they need. Right. Uh, plus a little bit more. But but let's extrapolate that and say, okay, can, can this survive at that, you know, with those structures in place and at that level for, let's say, eight months? Mm-hmm. A year. Right, right. Is you it know? sustainable? No, no, it's not sustainable. And <laughs> and even the organizer, we were at a workshop with with uh, Marion Goodell, and 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 she was very open about the fact that no, this is this is temporary. This is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So they recognize that that right. it is temporary, and what they try to extrapolate maybe some of the longer lasting. Right. Well, it is a long. It has a longer lasting effect because the effect extends past certainly, what happens on the plot. Certainly cultural, yeah. Well, uh, it says right in the brochures that you get when you come in, hey, Burning Man doesn't end when you get off the playa. You bring right. it home. You right, know, it the, seeps into the cracks and pores of civilization. Right. That's, and that's the, that really is what it's about, what taking it outward. What are some of the ways that we've seen that in the past few years? You've been doing uh, research on Burning Man and then right. lots of other transformational events. What are some examples of that in the, in, in the real world that oh. we can have seen spill over? Oh, go ahead, yeah. Well, last year we went to a conference or a lecture on microdosing and the founder of microdosing was there. I was watching a television show called Younger on TV Land. It's a very well-known, popular TV show. In the last episode, they went to a, a retreat in upstate New York on microdosing. The premise is she works in a marketing company. And so that alone is starting to creep out into popular culture. Sure. And, and so microdosing was looked at as a way to open your creativity. It was it was a positive thing that it wasn't negatively portrayed on the TV show. Mm -hmm. And and so that's going to start permeating the the culture. I've certainly already seen that. Some of the sort of entrepreneurial types are right. pretty into that. Well but this was just like a really just like normal people watch this show. Certainly. Yeah. Right. Uh, the workshop we just came back from uh, made a very strong reference to the fact that Google and Google's collaborative play workplace environment, which has shaped Silicon Valley mm -hmm. and sh has now shaped all the business world. Everybody wants to model Google's model because Google is very effective, allotting a certain amount of time for Google developers, for software developers, to engage in collaborative workplace play, mm -hmm. where they can work through their own, uh, their own designs, engineer their own products, play around, see what comes up, kind of just pull things out of the air, see what happens, and, and there's a space for that kind of play, yeah. where that model directly comes out of the Google experience that Larry Page had. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, People's jaws should drop when you think about that. 
So what has Burning Man's influence been in the world? Well, who uses Google? Right. It's everywhere. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, at least a, a mindset and a philosophy has, uh, you know, originating from a Burning Man experience. Right. Going into Google. I mean, arguably the biggest, most powerful company in the world right now. Right. Uh, certainly when it comes to all of our experiences online which, you know, touches every aspect of our life and came directly from this place. We all have uh, Burning Man to thank for all of our privacy issues. Right. I, 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 know. <laughs> I know. It's kind of crazy. Hey? I mean, even the, the Eric Schmidt, the CEO that made Google what it is today, and, and you right. know this too, yeah. uh, got in, he, he got his foot in the door more or less because he had Burning Man on his resume. That was, they knew he was a burner. Right. They understood him yes. to be a burner. Very famous story. Very famous story. That, um, yes. Yeah. And famously, I, Google job, um, what is it called? I haven't had a real job in so long. Job interview. That's what <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Google job interviews, you know, happening out here. And that's right. him being a, a, one of the famous ones. So, yeah. So it does, it, it has had an impact in, in a lot of different ways. And, I mean, I, I try to tell people, look, what's happening here is really a reflection of what's happening outside. It, yeah. It's, it's going both ways. It yeah. is moving back and forth. Hey. Now, this is that you mentioned um, radical rituals, things like that. And ritual being a big part of what happens all around you out here. It seems, you know, it, often under the guise of art or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but when you see it play out, uh, you can... It, if you are knowledgeable enough, uh, which weirdly for some odd turn of my life, I am, when you see pieces of art, it, it, they directly correlate to long standing rituals, whether they be occult or mystery religions or both, or maybe even some more obvious ones. And, and they have power in, in different ways. You know, there's different thoughts about that, whether there's real spiritual consequences of those things, or even just even just psychological mindset, psychological right. consequences. Uh, I could see how things like that originating here or, or at least gaining momentum here and going out into the real world. What, what sort of ritual oriented things have you seen here? And can we compare that to anything out in the real world? Uh, there's a lot. I mean, the event itself is a type of a ritual. Sure. Okay. Just at the that burning level. man, the burning the, of the, the man. Effigy, yeah. Right. Right. Which is this, birth, death, rebirth, this evolutionary concept. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example, though, as to your question. Please. I'm going to read to you Naked Heart's, uh, um, just a little bit of their, uh, Naked Heart is, is a theme camp, okay? okay. Uh, a pretty big theme camp. And this is from their flyer, and which was distributed all over. Naked Heart is devoted to the full embodiment of the divine feminine, the goddess essence. At our core, we all hear the essential call, echoes of ancient remembering. The way through is rarely clear. We each have begun the journey into pure self, but on different paths. Naked Heart gathers fellow travelers to share the wealth of experience. And, and all the way through, it's got the, a long list of events you can, you can engage in, including a, a lot of acts of ritual, personal ritual, corporate ritual. This, this idea of ritual is really important because ritual acts as, as a transforming movement. You, you, you are different after the ritual from what you were before the ritual. It's changed your worldview. It's changed your perception. It's changed your mindset. That's the function of ritual. It's to take you to a different place, even if it's just temporary. But that also has lasting effects. 
Sure. Yeah, go ahead, Jen. So today at the temple at noon in the book um, that was listed that there was a Christian ritual of remembrance and letting go. The temple is a place where people can say goodbye to loved ones, the departed, lost dreams. They end up burning it on Sunday after the man. It's a much more somber ritual. Mm -hmm. But in their description, they say ritual helps you cope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I have not been out to the temple yet. I made the mistake last year of going out on the first day. Nobody told me what it was. They just said, it's a cool building. You should go look at it. And you walk in and it is so heavy in there. You know, there is uh, uh, items and pictures and signs and things like that. Things written on the wood of of lost family members. I mean, I I found myself mourning like other people's pets and uh, just a very heavy experience in there. We got Brian. What's up? Mm Yeah. Well, I was out at the temple the other day and I was walking around and Audrey and Carl were, were inside and I, I actually saw someone, I, he had a badge, I think he worked there, he had you know, something, he's been involved for a while and I started talking to him and there was uh, an opening ceremony which was a wedding of some sort, we're not exactly sure what, but that was the uh, opening ceremony apparently and he said it's so nice to see something positive happen in the temple because the temple is typically associated with death. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's really a dark place full of mourning. And he said, it was so nice to see some life come into the temple. Mm, yeah. So I thought it was a really interesting comment from from that person who's obviously been around the burning thing for a while. Absolutely. Right, right. And then, Brian, then you saw the, uh, uh, a witch oh, ca- yeah. cast, casting a circle on each corner of, of the temple. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. We saw this lady. She had a robe on and nothing else. Classic. And, and, and she, she obviously <laughs> forgot her, her tie at home to tie it up. <laughs> and then she had this stick, this wand, I guess, and her, her, her I don't know if it was her helper, her boyfriend, husband, I have no idea, with her. And, and she was waving the wand and chanting and saying words. And, and then she, then they, they walked around to the other corner and did the same thing and the same thing. So I don't know if they were, I don't, really don't know if they were blessing it, cursing it bringing in power to it i i have no idea but it was nice robe she had anyway (laughs) (laughs) if she would have at least tied it as much of it as you could see yeah that is funny it was probably a temple guard that you were talking to yeah it would have been yeah Ooh, temple guard reminds me of uh, legends of the hidden temple the uh, game show that formed my childhood but that's for another episode so One thing I do want to talk about that's a a, a very big part of Burning Man and starts all the way from, you know, months and months and months before we get here is the this year's theme. So last year, for those who remember, the theme was iRobot, very connected with transhumanism, the merging of man and machine, the evolution of the human being, how we can improve ourselves moving into the future and uh, kind of my take on it. that I gleaned from the art and the lectures and things was that it was our responsibility to take control of our own evolution and move into the next phase of humanity. And often that includes uh, doing that digitally or doing that with robotics, bionics. Obviously, transhumanism, transhumanism is something we're passionate about exploring on this show. But this year, I one of the reasons I ended up pulling the trigger last minute to come was this year's theme being metamorphosis, which 
on its face is uh, just sort of kind of just had a woo-woo sort of connotation. But a lot of the art and the symbolism used in the brochures and the, the, the setting of the theme I mean, there was a lot of hybrids, you know, you had a kangaroo with a moose head or a fish with a kitty head. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, if there's chimeras going on, I guess I got to (laughs) go. And so, so here we are, you know, again, it's just, I don't know, it must just be luck that uh, every theme fits in so well with what we like to explore. But do you, could you expound upon the theme this year? I mean, if you want to touch back, on last year as well, we did some talking about that, mm-hmm. but if you've seen any after effects of that, and then let's talk about this year's theme. Okay, actually, I don't see a connection, I do see a connection, obviously, to last year's theme, but I see a deeper connection to the year before, mm. which was Radical Ritual. Okay. Yeah, in many respects, the man this year has a feel, and the theme itself has a, a more of a feel that connects back to 2017's theme of Radical Ritual, which was established, that theme was established by Larry Harvey specifically, and this is important, specifically so that people recognize that this is a spiritual movement. Right. Okay. Interesting. Very blatant. Very blatant. He made that absolutely abundantly clear many, many times that this is a spiritual movement and you'll know it when you see it. Mm, Interesting. So metamorphosis fits in the way I'm thinking a little bit tighter uh, with the 2017 theme, though obviously there is correlations with last year's theme too, because that's part of our evolution right and now we're talking about social and spiritual evolution which is why a lot of the workshops here this this week have been i'm just looking at at what's in the what where when guide i'm kind of disappointed in how few technical conversations there are i noticed that okay there seem to be way more experiential spaces interesting so tell me a little bit more about that for those well, the, who might not right well, the, t- the technical side is where we discuss those blueprint concepts or the vision ideas the experiential side is coming and we will feel our way together in some workshop as we engage in personal metamorphosis yes. and collective metamorphosis got it so there's a lot more of that experiential um the, the experiential side to this event to what, this what event. would that look like just for somebody who uh. might not <laughs> sat through a few of those yeah brian and myself found ourselves in, in one on embracing the darkness oh um, yeah yeah and and i mean i'm so glad brian was with me and brian and myself we, we became each other's partners and, <laughs> and we didn't have to really talk too many to, to too many other people <laughs> as we were told to mingle around we kind of just mingled back to each other <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that workshop was all about trying to find and embrace the darkness within you mm. so that you could discover metamorphosis. So you could discover transformation and find a positive side to that darkness. Yeah. The power of the darkness. And, and I remember having a conversation with one, with one lady, uh, in, in this movement, cause it was a discussion and they had to stand up and do a bunch of psychobabble movements and stuff. Sure, and sure. I'm like, Oh my word. I don't usually like doing that kind of stuff. But yeah. Sometimes when you're in the, that space, you're like, all right, well, this is, this is where we are now, Sure, you know? And, uh, and so this, I, in this short, short conversation I had with this lady, I said, I said to her, I said, I don't like to explore the positive side of darkness mm. because this isn't healthy. This ends up sliding us into the slippery slope of evil. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what are we talking about when we talk about darkness? And I talked to one, one of the guys 
even afterwards, we had a little conversation. He got really uncomfortable when I said, when I think of darkness, I'm thinking of concentration camps and killing fields mm. and the really ugly side of human nature. Yeah. And, and even with the girl, when, when I was discussing a little bit with her about, all right, when you say darkness, where are we going to go with this? The slippery slope leads us to rape yeah. and child abuse. Yeah. And all kinds of things that are really evil. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not just simply a psychological game we're playing here. Yeah. There's a morality play that has has real serious consequences. Brian, in the beginning of the uh, of the session, when they were talking before we started, before we really knew it was an interactive thing, uh, they actually said, "Lay back, relax, and and let the darkness enter you." Right. So oh, that was wow. another part. It was like, yeah, bring the darkness in, embrace it, and find the power in it. Wow. Right? And then there was a lot of like, okay, what, you know, role playing. Mm -hmm. So like they wanted you to kind of feel the, feel it, feel it. Everything's about feelings, right? Nothing's about faith. It's all about feeling, feeling, feeling. And it was like, so she was, they were doing it. The leaders were actually role playing and. And she says, imagine you're like a little kid and you're insecure and, you know, crawling around on the floor and just, mommy, mommy, please love me. And right, right. Stuff like this. So it was really, it's really like role playing and, and mm -hmm. acting almost. And, but, yeah. but supposed to be Which ties back it. into the ritual a little bit. Too. Right, right. And the, ex yeah. the idea of experiential metamorphosis. Right, right. So what it, I, I didn't attend the workshop, but what it reminds me of is the ancient mystery school's reconciliation of the light and the dark, which mm. is a huge theme in a lot of pop culture. The, the new Star Wars, you know, Ray is going to have to reconcile the dark side with the light side in order to evolve into the next form of Jedi in mm. the Sabrina the Teenage Witch remake on, on Netflix. She's having to reconcile her witch side with her human side in order to progress into a new form of witch, which is going to be more powerful. Right. Yeah. So that's, it, it sounds right along the same lines for sure. So I'm assuming you did not embrace the darkness there, Kyle. Carl. No, no, no. Okay. No. All right. Well, no. I'm, I'm glad yeah, to hear yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, actually last year I found myself in a similar thing. A lot of times you, you go to, what you think is going to be a lecture and you're like, okay, let's see what they got to say. And then it turns into this thing that you were not planning on doing. That's and, right. I've been there a uh, few times. You know, they wanted me to act like a tiger and like kill somebody. I'm like, okay, I got to hit the porta potties. Now. Yeah. It's time for me to go. I don't want to participate yeah, in this, I don't which know. is one of the 10. One of the 10 principles. Yeah, participation. participation. Right. 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 Very interesting. I love that. Now, is there something on the top of your mind you want to go into here? I mean, we're, we're still kind of talking about the metamorphosis, the, the theme, but we can... Uh... Well, yeah, I was here a few days before the, before it opened. I had an early access pass. Okay. Uh, for myself, th th I, was, I was really fortunate to, to receive that pass. Mm -hmm. uh, it allowed me to see the, bur the, the building of the city mm. and, and its progression over the course of three or four days. That was really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and just the, the different almost a different culture that was here before it was it was before it was opened it was uh you know during the during the evenings you go out on the playa i know thursday night and there was just a handful of us out in the playa looking at our pieces being built and you're hearing hammers and saws way late into the night mm. and then during the day it wasn't so much edm yeah you could hear one camp over there you know doing something 
building something at EDM playing, and then another camp on the other side, they're building something and they're playing country music. I'm like, country music? And then another camp just a couple blocks away, we're, we're engaged in some building and they had Christmas music blaring. <laughs> All right, you know? I like that. Yeah, I could it, get was into just, that. it was just, it was a totally. A totally different take as I watched the city come alive. Interesting. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yes. If you'd like, I can speak to some of the more technical, like practical aspects of the metamorphosis theme on a scientific level. Okay. What do you got? Um, so there's the Institute. Um, it is, it's a science camp. And so this year they brought in the phage symposium. I don't know if you remember the conversation we had a few years ago, just between us about how I discovered my own mycobacteriophage at the Howard uh, Hughes Medical Institute. No. So basically what a mycobacteriophage is, is it's a virus specific to a certain bacteria and it looks like a nanobot at the microscopic level. Mm-hmm. It's got a head and little spider feet. Okay. And so what it does is it injects its own DNA into the bacteria and morphs the bacteria into something that the virus can live off of and eventually kills it. Oh, interesting. And so I just think that it's absolutely fascinating that that is a huge component of the science aspect this year of are they creating these phages? Are they trying to discover these phages to morph humans into the next level of transhumanism? Um, Even the man from a distance looks like one of these little phages. Interesting. Um, And the the conversation we had, you know, I was this Howard Hughes Medical Institute is literally paying community college students to just go out and discover these millions and millions and billions of phages. I actually discovered my own and was able to name it as well. Oh, cool. And so they have a database of all these phages. And so I don't know if they're making one like huge phage or if they think that death is a virus or what they're doing with it. But I feel like it's for a nefarious purpose. Well, that is very interesting. You know, the the concept of an object or an agent in this case that uh, can connect, latch onto, and then cause a metamorphosis or a change in in a subject. And, uh, you know, that fits in obviously with the the theme of this year, but also maybe what they hope to happen to the people who attend. And then, it, you know, if you want to get real radical, who knows? Maybe uh, this isn't just dust. Maybe it's a bunch of nanobots. You know, you never know. <laughs> From a philosophical perspective, uh, metamorphosis, uh, the theme is pulled out of, I believe, it's Ovid's 16th century work on alchemy right. and alchemical thinking, uh, mm-hmm. met- which is entitled Metamorphosis. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well... Even the shape of the man this year, like the man looks like he's, he's got like a ribbon wrapped around the bottom and it gets a little bit wider up towards the center of the base. And then, and then it, it looks like a man emerging out of an egg. And that actually is what the symbolism is supposed to be, a man emerging out of an egg. Yeah. Uh, but the symbol also has a little bit more depth to it. So here's just a, an image. From, yeah, you've got from, sort of from, a tapestry, a small yeah, little from, graphic from tapestry. Ovid's, that's a, a, a tapestry that includes a, a little section from Ovid's uh, Metamorphosis, oh, yeah. right in the, along the bottom. And, and in oh, many yeah. respects, what we're seeing at the man base is a reflection of this concept of of the man emerging from the egg, but the egg is also at the same time the 
the snake interwoven around the egg. Right, the snake being a big, uh, a big Which is symbol. why at the man base, at the very bottom of the base, you've got all kinds of interesting uh, containers of, of butterflies and larvae and snakes and... Wow, yeah. I've not been over there yet. Seriously? I need to, no, I've been Basil. slacking, man. I know, I gotta go... Uh, maybe to, that's where I'll do my walkabout. I'll go over there sounds and, good. and explain... Yeah, now that your the, bike is toast. Yeah, no, I definitely need a bike repair, but <laughs> we'll get to that. So again, on a more technical level, I also did an internship on the feeding patterns of butterflies, and so I learned a lot about the life cycle of a butterfly, which we saw a ritual dance done at the man on the life cycle of the butterfly. Um, but when butterflies don't hatch, they emerge. Mm -hmm. That's the word that you have to use is, is the emergence of this new morphed butterfly, which I, I find very interesting. Right. Which sounds like burning land, burning land, burning man speak. As it is, you know, you but it come comes here from emerge. the science community, right? Right, right, right. right. And, and, and we are now metamorphosing through this, through this ritual, yeah, through the radical ritual. But uh -oh. the, the, the caterpillar literally has to dissolve itself and die to self in order to morph right. into its new being, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So, what have been uh, some of the the personal experience that have you had any conversations with people i mean are people on to you yet have you done a lot of is mostly observing what's been the deal i've done more observing than yeah. anything else so i've had a few few good conversations i, I ended up at uh, d gate which is the the problem gate huh. uh coming in uh, on thursday and i'm uh, having a good conversation with a, a fellow from berlin an entrepreneur from Ber uh, berlin and people need to realize that i mean this is an international event okay mm -hmm. you're gonna hear russian and german and you're gonna hear italian and you're gonna hear spanish the world's here yeah we just had when we were at this workshop taylor audrey myself they asked the question how many here are are from outside the united states a majority of hands went up yeah totally. well, even our camp the majority is canadian that's right too yeah yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> all these canadians around here i mean you're flying a canadian flag <laughs> <laughs> but you know speaking of that i did have besides the, the fellow from berlin and giving him a copy of my book we talked a little bit about oneism and twoism went into some of uh some of those just big questions about what is ultimate reality mm -hmm. and then i had a chance to, to spend some time with uh the european union's liaison officer to uh to the u.s federal government in a particular branch i'm not gonna say which and uh she was here because she's trying to find herself wow. and so i went over to uh to a particular camp i thought i would maybe try to interact with this camp a little bit i volunteered to help out on some stuff and they put me to work for two hours sorting screws nuts and bolts <laughs> uh in the uh, in, Something in you the, couldn't mess up too that's bad. That's right. In one of the maintenance, <laughs> in one of the big maintenance camps, yeah. or, or you know, the sheds on the on, on, in the camp, and uh, me and this this chick from the EU, we sat for two hours talking about all kinds of stuff, including, yeah, from a Christian perspective, Christian worldview, and and. Uh, so for myself though, it's been mostly observing. Jen's had phenomenal conversations. Yeah, we, we had a lot had of chat phenomenal about that. conversations, and it's just been. I mean, every time I've come here, it's been different. Totally. 
every every time it's different. Yeah. You know, the first time was uh, an experiment to see, is this a place where where we could live out Act 17? Mm. And it really came through. It was really it really modeled itself. Last year we had that same experience, and but in some different ways. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the end of the day, when we walk away from here, I think we're going to say something very similar. Yeah. That's great. We were able to experience that again in different ways. Yeah. I've been a little bolder in just going out, not necessarily staying at the camp and letting the people come to us, but just making sure I bring up Jesus in every single conversation, but in a way where they're asking me what the camp's about. Yeah. And I like your approach, Jen, because and we haven't been at the camp that much. We've all been on the run, right. uh, going to workshops and, and, and just documenting what's happening all around us. But I like your approach because people are asking you what, what camp you're from. And then you say the name, Camp of the Unknown God, and that opens up the conversation right away. And it's not always fruitful. I mean, we just had that coming back from the workshop we were at, and uh, uh, some some girl was handing out freezies. So we stopped and had a freezy. That's why we're late, Basil. That's we're okay. having freezies. Yeah. And uh, she was asking what camp we're from, and, the, and we said open camping, but we have a, a camp. It's called Camp of the Unknown God. And uh, it, by the time it was said and said, then you realize, hey, are you okay? There, there's an awkwardness. It's not something's not working here. Mm, yeah, not too interested. Yeah, exactly. Too, yeah. yeah, she had her own spirituality. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yes. Here well, we're I want to do. Thing. We got two mics pointing at Taylor now. No, that's okay. We're. Oh, I actually want to have another conversation with our two, our two first timers as well, and so we're gonna do that a little bit after this. Okay. What I want to do first is um, so last year, those who might remember the episode from last year that we recorded out here, uh, Carl, you had been to uh, a lecture or something like that, and and there was a lot. There was some big things going on. Yeah. And you yep. you were a <laughs> little bit looking at each other. A little controversial. A little cryptic about that and we you know you specifically wanted to keep it a little cryptic for now. Yep. Um and then something happened afterwards. So right. do you want to share what that was and, and what the yeah. experience was? Yeah, I can do that. And Jen, and I, Jen and I were both there. I'm I'll, so, I'll chime in if necessary, but yeah. I'll let Carl. Yeah. And, and you know, our I interview. I played my part. Absolutely. And Jen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and really, when we did that interview here on site, mm -hmm. we had just, Jen and I had just come back from that, yeah. from that workshop. Right. So it was fresh. Yes. We were excited. And at the same time, really disturbed. Yes. Uh, Do you want to give a quick yeah, recap absolutely. of what that was? It, it was a workshop, a panel discussion where uh, dealing on, on psychedelic substances, the evolution of consciousness, how to take it into the workplace, how to take it into the business world, that type of thing. And um, a young lady very deeply involved uh, and nationally involved in, in the legal profession uh, was so excited because she was, was in the form of, uh, of developing a contract with a major Christian organization for the for this this product, mm -hmm. but what really excited her wasn't the fact that they'd be using a product, mm -hmm. but it would open up a doorway for her to introduce to the Christian community through the gateway of this ministry without them really realizing it. Yeah, another view of spirituality, a psychedelic view of spirituality. Okay, right. and so she was far more excited and interested in the fact that she could project psychedelic spirituality some form of it into the christian community the conservative christian community and the ministry that she was 
dovetailing with has a national footprint okay we were intentionally cryptic we had to be and i'm glad in retrospect we were because when i take a look at at the conversations that popped up on on gonza's uh guns put a little youtube channel youtube channel yeah a little little excerpt of of how millions of people uh might have been affected blah 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 and then the responses were well jen carl these guys they're in on the conspiracy because they're not telling us the full deal we couldn't tell the full deal. My favorite was the blood of those Christians would be on my hands. I know. Oh, so you're saying on the YouTube channel yes. of that clip those that were the comments. we posted, there was a lot of uh, people... Uh, emotionally disturbed by not having the full details exactly. not divulging the, yeah. the woman or the organization right right and i'm so glad we didn't because it did the, the responses demonstrated in my mind an immaturity yeah uh, they i hate to say that her. i hate to say that yeah and they and they would have they would have gone after a ministry that wouldn't even know what hit them mm-hmm. and i actually spoke to her for a good hour after the lecture and She's just, she was equally as deceived. She had had this ayahuasca experience and was deceived by the spirit within that. And she was just a hurt little girl that just wanted acceptance and deceived by this false love. Yeah. Yeah. And she wasn't evil. She wasn't, she wasn't nefarious. She wasn't trying to. She thought she was offering a better way. She thought she was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so. I felt like so throwing her to the throwing her under the, the bus to the wolves exactly and throwing the ministry under and the bus to say that this ministry wouldn't be able to minister to her right yeah. and that we were there she was the one person we were coming in to snatch out of the fire yeah but and, what, what was it what was effective to especially effective though is you had a direct connection through a pastor to that ministry right. and so, so you I, were able to offer a warning. I was able to um, talk to a pastor who has a a direct relationship with this ministry and wrote a letter and I talked to the son of the pastor who is head of the financial ministry. And um, I was able to educate them on Burning Man and Christ consciousness and ayahuasca, something that they had never heard of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sat on the information for a couple of months, actually, because right, we weren't I, sure how to approach it. I even. didn't know exactly what to do. But then one morning I woke up. And the Holy Spirit said, it's time. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a letter. I went to the church. I was friends with the head of security of the pastor. And she, so she knew that I wasn't crazy. And I was like, could you please give this to the pastor? And she said, okay. That's great. And so So that was the plan the whole time. You didn't want to, you know, there's such an obsession on the internet. And Gons and I are in the position where people want exposed videos and debunked and let's find who the next person to attack is and very wisely it seems you guys released as much information as there was that people could pray about it and and spiritually intervene right and then when the time was right he acted and uh seems like it was the time was right i mean do we have an update on that situation I've, i've monitored i've monitored the ministry uh and i've never seen anything develop with this particular uh, situation in mind. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. great. And so, so there awesome. you go. It's not just all about content creation and views nope. on nope. YouTube, nope. everybody. And We're here to um, actually affect change, have an and actual effect on the things yeah. going on. And, and honestly, I don't know what would have happened if if there wasn't somebody there to witness 
what what was happening at I feel workshop. Like that was why we were here last year. There very well could have been an infiltration that would have been negative overall to perhaps a huge portion of the Christian community without anybody even knowing it. Exactly. Millions yeah. of yeah. people. So yeah. there you go, internet, chill out. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> okay, going back to that though, Yeah. Uh, when when you do hear things that you don't necessarily understand, and sometimes there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. um, pray. Intercede. Intercede, that's right. Recognize that that there's sometimes complexities. There's, there's people here. These are souls. Mm-hmm. There's These are human beings. This isn't just simply, this isn't an anonymous person at the end of the at the, at the end of the line here these are actual human beings that Jesus died for that's as well right. and that's one of the really for myself it's been a blessing to go because I've been to so many different events events like Burning Man and then others and and Brian and Audrey came with me to the Parliament of World Religions last year yeah sometimes you're all you're upset I mean you hear some stuff that's really disturbing you see some stuff that's really disturbing Taylor's already seen a few things I know it's probably yeah, you're already going, okay, it's some crazy stuff here. <laughs> However, one of the key takeaways in doing boots on the ground is you walk away with an empathy to them as human beings. Right. And you do not want to see them mistreated or mischaracterized. Uh, you do not want to bear false witness. Well, and that's part of the problem. You know, when we, as you've experienced, when people learn that you're a Christian and you want to talk about Jesus, they automatically have a, a, an incredibly negative perception of that, especially yep. those here. And that's because they've been attacked and they've been I don't even want to say the the J word, judged, whatever, but I mean, uh, personally attacked by Christians who feel that that's what they need to do. And uh, yeah, really having the boots on the ground, experiencing these people as people, the same people that Jesus died for, and to grow empathy in ourselves to be able to, uh, to center the mission, the mission being individual souls and uh, the souls as a, a corporate entity to be influenced for Christ and not attacked or put on display as people we need to avoid right. um, because there's way too much of that going on. And that's why these types of people avoid Christianity. Well, I was one of them. Right. I was them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel the need to go back into the fire and snatch them out. Mm-hmm. I, like I do have a compassion for them because I was them. That's right. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'd like to um, go for just a few more minutes, maybe five or ten. So is there another direction that you'd like to go in? Oh, another direction. Man, there's there's just so many things. um, But when you come to an event like this, there's there's a lot of things that pull at you. First of all, people need to realize, because I've had a lot of people say, I'd love to come in and and do this kind of stuff with you. Uh, just from the logistics side of it, and Brian and Audrey now have experienced this, uh, there is just so much stuff you need to do to prepare to get into here, okay? Mm-hmm. Everything you have takes a beating. Uh, there is... Uh, including yourself. Including yourself. Yeah, I know. I, I've lived on three hours of sleep a night for the wow. past five days. Yeah. So I'm kind of... Uh, yeah. I, l- I look like I'm a stoner because <laughs> I have had no sleep. That's been one of my, bi- the biggest differences for me from last year to this year is I am so focused on sleeping at this oh. point. I mean, I got about 10 hours last night. This was fantastic. Wow. And it's really made a huge difference in my ability, even just my mental functioning. I didn't get 10 hours in three days. I know, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. I slept so well last year and mm-hmm. this year I'm like, 
up all night ministering. Hurting. And, yeah. Yeah. Hurting. yeah. No, well, but, but there is, know. people need to understand there is a, this is a lot of work, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I've been to all, all kinds of crazy places. I've been to United Nations events. When we went to the Parliament of World Religions in, in 2018, yeah, there's a lot of prep work. There's a lot of, of, of getting places to stay and coordinating all, all the, those kinds of things. But this is a different level of preparation, all right? A different level of emotional, spiritual, mental preparation, and way more physical uh, preparation than people realize. Mm. I mean, just leaving your camp, you have to make sure you have everything you're going to need yeah. in order to go out into the most inhospitable place in the United States and not die. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things. It's often referred to as, a, you know, the world's biggest party or something like that. It is the most pain in the butt party I've ever been to, if that's exactly <laughs> what it is, because it, it is barely a party. But yeah, it it really is, you know, calls upon some survival techniques for sure. Yeah, preparation, and, yeah. and then as uh, as some of our campmates understand, and as I understood very well after my 2017 burn was done, uh, you can tend to over prepare and <laughs> yeah, and bring in way too much stuff. That's right. And then I did the same again last year, and then this year I almost brought two little stuff. Right. You yeah, know? good for you. Yeah, well, I, tr I tried to. <laughs> I, I tried to uh, not bring as much food and water, and yeah, I think with the food and water that I ended up bringing, I could stay out here for thirty-one days <laughs> or years. Who knows? Maybe this is just where I live now. Yeah, but I think I think uh, all of that said, uh, the listeners need to understand that okay, what's taking place here is not a party. Mm -hmm. This is not a bunch of hippies, and that came out at the workshop we were just at. It's not a bunch of hippies, uh, running around naked. Mm -hmm. There is some very intentional social development that's taking place, social change, social behavioral uh, modification. Yeah. This, what takes place here seeps into the cracks and pores of civilization, as I said a little while ago. Uh, and it's important that we're able to be able to, to, to look at it, to document it, to understand it, and then to be able to say to the Christian community, all right, Maybe it's time that we learn to be ambassadors for Christ in an age that is no longer Christian, but that right. reflects more like Burning Man than anything else. Yeah. So last year resulted in uh, some publishing of your research, yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. What is the plan for this year? Oh, golly. Uh, my book... Uh, Game of Gods, The Temple of Man and the Age of Reenchantment came out right after last year's burn, okay? And that was three years, over three years of writing, pulling from like 25 years of, of research. I was exhausted. Yeah. Okay. My wife said, come back, please. Because <laughs> uh, she considered myself to be like a, a soldier in a foreign field that has to be focused on that, on that task. Yeah. And so... I do have a couple of book projects in mind. One, it was, will be on this culture, which is one of the reasons I keep coming back. Yeah. But not just this culture specifically, not just Burning Man, but evolutionary culture in its broader sense, because this is just one one aspect of that. Yeah. Um, and I'm kicking around some ideas on on writing on uh, interfaithism more. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spiritual politics. That's what that is. Spiritual politics. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give a shameless plug for my book. Please. If you, if you want to understand a little bit more about the burn and, and about evolutionary culture, grab chapter 14 out of the book. Uh, I don't think anybody else has unpacked this, at least not from a Christian perspective, 
the way that it is that it's unpacked in chapter 14. Your book, Game of Gods. That's right. Yeah. Make sure to check that out, everybody. Yeah. It's a great collection of uh, a culmination of the research, the research that you've done, not just on Burning Man, but no, transformational no, exactly. events. And allowing altogether. it all to kind of be tied together. So you see it as a bigger picture. Which uh, the transformational events have become extremely popular. Right. I mean, every one of these events, you talk about the whatever, Coachella and Burning Man and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this is the church of the millennial age, right? Becoming of the, of the new age millennial. Bigger and bigger <laughs> and status symbols yep. and it means something when you attend these types of things and taylor's exactly. our resident millennial he's been to coachella oh okay yeah. great 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 yeah and so uh thank you guys so much for your time taking uh you know an hour hour out of your day when you could be running around in the in dust, dust yeah, yeah. <laughs> and getting sunburnt i really appreciate the sacrifice you're making for me and for the listeners and so what are we this is friday right now yep what sort of what events are you planning on going to? Do you have lectures coming up? What do you got for the rest of Burning Man in uh -oh. case we're not able to connect again? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I, He's I've digging got, through his. I'm books. digging through my piles of papers piles here of because papers again, you know, the, the where what when guide I was disappointed. It didn't have a lot of the kind of workshops that I was looking for. I've heard that a lot this know, year. The book is a lot slimmer than it was. It is. Even though there's tons of events out there, but you have to know which camps to go and find them in. So there's a, a workshop coming up on uh, the future of psychedelics mm -hmm. and uh, its its connection into 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 social change. Um, Alex Gray is here in the city. Yeah. And so at five o'clock, I want to go to his workshop. For those on, who might not know, who's he Alex Gray? is an evolutionary artist. Mm -hmm. He is a visionary artist of of like the highest magnitude within the community. Interesting. And so you would he's, recognize his work if you right. saw it. You might not recognize the name but, but you, you, you know his pieces they're absolutely. all over you bet on on shirts on the sides of vehicles uh, musician cd covers yep we've heard that um maynard from tool is supposed to be here to mm -hmm. give a lecture yeah yeah so possibly in conjunction with alex gray yeah and we got a, a gentleman we want to meet as well to give him a copy of my book too i i johnny yeah. d from the from the camp yeah the yeah. the who was mentored by ram das we're going to give him sure carl's book great Beautiful. So there's lots of things going on. Okay. And we're just going to keep going, getting out there. Just keep going out and learning and watching and observing. And when those conversations come up and uh, we can bring in the light of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That's a big part of it. All right. Well, again, thank you guys so much for your time. We are here, boots on the ground in Black Rock City, Burning Man 2019, watching golf carts drive by and... That one had a figure of the man on it. Some people with clothes on around here. Again, everybody. We're fully clothed. More nudity than uh, you're used to, but less than you'd expect. That's what we're here with at Burning Man. <laughs> and, uh, That's fantastic. All right. So there's Carl and a few others uh, revisiting the microphone there. But that, that was a great conversation. I think one of the things that was most interesting to me was the way... You know, it, again, it has progressed, but also the some of the disappointments of Carl. Like, hey, it's not so technical anymore. They're really moving to moving into that experiential side of it, which uh, apparently made all of you guys uncomfortable at one point or another. Yeah, it was very interesting. As mentioned in there, you know, a lot of the lectures, a lot of the talks, and the the meetups and things like that. 
was not in the book. So you kind of had to seek them out a little bit more, which kind of gave it a little bit more of an underground feel, um, <laughs> which was, uh, I don't know, it was different. It wasn't as transparent as before. But as Carl said, the transformative nature, the really cultural transformative nature of what's going on, the people meeting, the influential people, uh, both influencing and being influenced right. at this uh, transformative event, you know, really kind of makes my ears perk up to keep an eye out now that I'm back in, you know, the real world, default. the default <laughs> world, as they say. Um, <laughs> funny story about that. When you first roll up the Burning Man, you go, you get to the gate and there's the greeters. And they always go, welcome home. <laughs> and they want to like give you this big hug. And it's like, awkward. Uh, this isn't my home. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny to just go into a big like soapbox preacher moment. Like heaven is my home, <laughs> not your puny desert village. Uh, but I didn't do that. Um, but yes, so thank you, Carl Tycrib again. I'm sure we will do a post-op conversation with him in the next coming months and uh, give him a chance to sort of uh, work through some of the information gathered from this year. But uh, like I said, most interesting for me, watching the both the shift from year to year, but also how it builds on itself from year to year and yeah. then watching the influence arise in culture uh, throughout the next year, which I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on until next Burning Man. Check, check. Okay, they have just lit the temple and it is humongous. As you can tell, all the music is off and everybody is silent. That is the biggest fire. I have ever seen. Oh my gosh. It is so hot. Oh, I gotta back away. I'm about two football fields away and it is burning my face. But as you can see, or as you can hear, everybody is almost completely silent. Nobody talking, no music playing, only the sound of the fire. Whew, wow, and it went up in flames quickly. You can see photographs burning and flying up into the air. Wow, that is really a sight to see. You look around, there are some people in uh, moments of what looks to be prayer or meditation, as well as some people crying. Um, the only sound to be heard, I don't know if you can hear it, is the sound of wood breaking and fire roaring. The building is about the size, hmm, I'm going to call it about 4,000 square feet and about 50 feet high. And wow, there is flaming ash flying high into the air and starting to land on people and it's raining down holy smokes
Okay, well that just about wraps it up. The last tower of the temple fell, which was met by a round of applause, as you heard. It is still relatively peaceful. Usually after something burns, people start to move almost immediately. And um, as of now, people are keeping it down to a low roar. And there's not very many people missing. One thing you couldn't see is while the fire was burning, out of the 12 o'clock position, the, the uh, north side of the temple was shooting out uh, multiple humongous heat tornadoes um, filled with ash and smoke and sparks, um, one after the other. It must have sent off about a dozen. And those tornadoes made it out into the crowd. Um, it was a little too far away for me to see how the crowd reacted, um, but that must have been pretty spooky. Um, all right, so there you go. You got to listen to the burning of the temple here at Burning Man. Um, people are hugging. Um, there are still some tears, and uh, people seem to be still having quite the moment um, as far as this goes. But the, what was really strange was the silence, uh, the silence that you heard during the temple. Um, that is, I mean, literally never heard out here during Burning Man. Uh, silence is not something you ever get to hear. Uh, apparently, only during the temple burn, um, probably out of reverence and respect for the ritual, that uh, people turn off their music and they all quiet down. Um, we're going on about 10-15 minutes of the temple burning now. It is completely leveled out. Uh, the fire is still rather large, uh, considering that the structure is completely collapsed. Um, one thing I wasn't able to capture was uh, there's about maybe 10 sections made of two pillars, so 10 archways uh, lined up that created the temple. And one by one, those things would fall. And every time one would fall, it was met by a round of applause. That was the only sound that was heard during the burning. Um, as you heard, there was a cheer for Larry, people yelling, I love you, Larry, and a round of applause. Larry being the uh, the progenitor of Burning Man. And uh, so there was a, apparently a, a cheer or, or a moment of thanks to Larry for that. People are now starting to mill about just a little bit. And one thing I hope to capture is in a few hours when the fire is burned down, they actually let you walk around in the ashes. And uh, that's a very interesting experience. Uh, there's remnants of things that did not quite get burned. Um, so I think later I will show up there and see what we can find and let you guys know what it's like. Okay, here we go, everybody. This is Basil. We are in the embers of the burnt temple, and it is so hot, so so hot. Um, standing out here on the ashes, making my way through the coals. Ooh, ah, 
Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to have any body hair after this, folks. Um, so, to describe the scene... Eh, well, the party has restarted, as you could probably hear all the music in the background. The art cars have uh, congregated again. People are partying, and in the embers here... Well, I can only describe it as concentrated nudity. Don't worry, I am still wearing my clothes here, but um, seems to be part of the ritual for some people to completely strip down and walk around in the coals, many of them barefoot. Uh, so, you know, we got some thrill seekers out here. Um, it's probably, it feels like a very, very hot sauna. I'm not going to be able to do this for long, but uh, just to describe it to you here, uh, the ground obviously completely black. Um, many of the embers are still burning. There are small flames all around. And um, on the ground, it's kind of hard to see. Um, but there are metal pieces, uh, very sharp things like screws and nails, and uh, I don't know what these things are called, but uh, some sort of metal object used for construction. Very dangerous to be barefoot out here. Um, and again, whew, the heat is very hard, hard to describe, except for very, very hot. Oh, I gotta look away. I, uh, on top of that, it's very smoky. Um, I have my respirator mask around my neck here, but I am suffering for you guys. So I'm just breathing the air straight as it is. Now, on top of the naked people running around in the coals, there is also um, a number of people sort of picking up uh, remnants from what wasn't burned. There are, there are here and there trinkets and pieces of things that are left um, on top of the construction materials. Uh, there are clay uh, sculptures. Um, like I mentioned before, this lady was passing out clay and people were doing sculptures. Here and there you can find sort of a tchotchke that somebody left. Um, I'm going to turn on my light here, which is a little bit of a no-no, um, but I'm going to do it and look around, see if I can find anything cool. Um, bringing a lot of attention to myself here. Well, that's okay. Gotta do it. Gotta do it for you. Alright, I'm looking around. Oh, so far, just a lot of metal stuff. Hmm. Oh yeah, okay. So right here, we've got some pieces of uh, look like porcelain like maybe it was a oh okay I think this was an urn yep certainly looks like an urn unless somebody just left their favorite jar in the temple so I believe this was an urn um, it is now in pieces looks like somebody left the ashes of someone they love in the temple to be burned up. Okay, well, I'm gonna move away from that. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow, it is hot. Okay, no, I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta move away here. Sorry, folks, the heat is, um, it, it, it varies. If you're in colder spots, obviously it's colder, but then uh, there are some spots that are just unsafe for human habitation. 
Um, let's see if I can find anything else here. This is a charred. I'm not going to touch it because it's metal. It's all black. I can't really make out, but it has some sort of etching on it. Looks like maybe a, um, a tag to a pet's collar. Something like that. Okay. All right. Looking around again. Oh, my face. I'm not going to have a beard after this. My beard will be uh, taken by the fires. Oh, yeah. Same with my uh, my leg hairs. Yep, it's going to be baby smooth down there. Yeah, very interesting. There's, um, it seems to actually not be as many tchotchkes and things left in this fire. I wonder um, if that means that the the temple burn was hotter. Maybe people were just leaving less things. Um, I did, like I mentioned, I mean, so far we're at pet tag and what I'm assuming was an urn. Um, but other than that, so far not a whole lot. Oop, 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 oop. Some uh, naked people. Sorry, sorry, excuse me. Um, I'm definitely wearing my heavy duty hiking boots um, because the dangers of stepping on a nail are just incredible. There are so many nails. People are seem to be a little unhappy with the fact that I am exploiting this supposedly ah, sacred site for journalistic purposes. I'm going to turn off my light for a second, see if I can dodge some of the attention. Um, yeah, so there you go. Not a whole lot so far. Um, I'm going to keep poking around. If I find anything else, I will turn the recorder back on. Uh, they have, uh, looks like a group has oh, created maybe a 100 foot long fire walk uh, where people are taking turns walking across the coals. Um, and many of them do not look very happy about it, folks. This, I don't know. This, I don't think this is for fun. Um, this might be part of part of the ritual for some people. Uh, oh, okay. Here goes one guy. This guy's actually wearing pants, so uh, he's a little bit more a little bit more protected than most people. Yeah. Um, that man is wearing just a backpack so I don't know how much that's protecting him um, all right I think that's all I have for right now I think I've accurately described the scene as best that I could um, I'm gonna get out of the smoke here the smoke's really starting to bother me but there you go folks so there's the on the boots boots on the ground reporting from the ashes of the temple after it has been burned. Okay, signing out. So did you end up bringing anything home, Basil, from Burning Man? And do you need to burn that because... 
it's, it's got some nanobots on there tracking your every move. No, I did not end up uh, bringing anything home. I did not see anything worth bringing home, and I think that's for the best. A good, good, I think good call. People, people left things there to be burned, and that's just where I'll leave them. That, I'm curious about that. What is cleanup like? Is there a, a kind of a, an unspoken rule about like cleaning up your own camp and everybody taking care of business that way? Or As I understand it, it is a complete disaster zone for about a month or two afterwards. Wow. Um, I met somebody who works at the burning uh, Black Rock City Department of Public Works, and he was saying that they stay out there a month or two after oh. just a cleanup team. There's abandoned art cars. There's abandoned camps. There's, you know, just uh, stuff everywhere. Plus, you know, you got to clean up all the ashes in the in the burn spots. Oh, I could just imagine yes. being that crew and then like, oh, we're done. And then they start setting up the next one. No, they're real. Yeah, they're real <laughs> devoted. Uh, I mean, it really is a department of public works. These guys just live out there for a couple months, I think a month before and then a month or two after. Right. Um, so it's a real serious operation. I'm sure the, but, uh, the elite want robots to take care of that stuff. You know, that's a that's, robot job. That certainly would make it e easier, except for then, you know, you'd leave all the humans would leave and then it would just be a society of solar powered robots. <laughs> Just roaming around out in the desert with no supervision. We have to move Burning Man because they started their own camp. The robots did. Yeah. <laughs> we can't. They're burning their own robot man. Yeah, it's an anti-human no, society. Becomes a no-go zone. BLM officers don't even go out there into the wastelands <laughs> because the robots. They, the robot they're snipers. Very, uh, they're uh, very territorial. Yeah, very mad about the mess yeah. we left from years past. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it, Gons. Uh, I think it was really uh, worth it to go out there this year. I think the, again, the two experiences really building on themselves and watching it play through in society throughout the year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm not making a commitment to go again next year. I really, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, in one of the interviews, I did not plan at all in going this year, it really was a God thing, and it's just couldn't ignore it. Do and we know what the theme is for next year? Nope. That no will theme. not be announced for quite a while. Huh. As far as I know, I don't know. Who knows? I don't have a Google alert for <laughs> you Burning don't have Man. Your, your burn contact? No. Giving you I'm, all the info? I'm, I'm not on the phone tree. <laughs> um, but as soon as we know, we'll find out. It'll be very interesting uh, to see how it connects uh, both yeah. with previous themes as well as i mean the themes so far have like completely matched up with the stuff we like to cover and keep track of on this show yeah so you know it's it's almost becoming a, a requirement that we keep track of this but we will certainly see next year now yeah. gons i think it's just about time to say adieu yeah well before we do <laughs> Uh -huh. uh, before we do, uh, I do, I do. Anyway, yeah. just wanted to say thank you and thank the whole team, the Camp of the Unknown God, everybody there, because, you know, sitting here listening to it and editing the episode, I get to feel like I'm there, you know, especially with the, the ambiance and the background noise of the desert <laughs> and people yeah. and whatever's going on back there. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of like one of those deals where I'm there, there's a part of me that goes, man, I wish I was there. And then immediately I go, oh, but I'm here. And I'm not covered in dust, and I don't have to deal with eating <laughs> dust-covered, 
you know, whatever rice cakes or whatever you got going on out there. Yeah. Um, no. So <laughs> point is, I'm very grateful. And I think all of our listeners are very grateful for people like you guys that are willing to even step into that arena. You have a lot of support out there in terms of representing the gospel and, and really trying to spread uh, the truth in an area that is thematically anti-biblical, anti-truth yeah. in that sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good job. Thank you well, for doing that. Well, thank you very and... much. Thank you very much. Happy to do it. There is a, an aspect of suffering to it, but I'm happy to suffer for you, Gonzo. <laughs> I will be playing my tambourine and cheering you on from behind. Gonzo the loves screen. a tambourine. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I just want to remind you, hey, we got bonus episodes over at patreon.com slash canarycryradio. There's all sorts of other uh, rewards available, and I think we're going to be revamping some of those soon. Yeah. So if you want to head over to patreon.com slash canarycryradio and support us financially, you know, there's you could put any number in there that you want, whatever is feasible for you if you are educated, edified, or entertained by this episode or any other episode of Canary Cry Radio. We would highly appreciate your support over on Patreon. If you don't like Patreon, I know a lot of people don't, we also have canarycryradio.com slash support where you can just sign up straight through PayPal or if uh, you know commitment's not your thing, you can just make a one-time donation there too. And this helps us keep the show going without you know, selling out to corporations. We are, we do not believe in selling ads uh, for your attention. Uh, we're very grateful that you guys continue to listen. And if you want to keep hearing Canary Cry Radio, uh, head over to Patreon or to canarycryradio.com slash support and uh, let us know that way because that's uh, that really goes a long way to not only going on trips like this, but also... Um, just creating episodes uh, more frequently um, to keep building the library of Canary Cry material. And if you haven't done so yet, or if financially you are unable to support us in that way, another great way to do it is head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. The reviews are a big one. And uh, we're at 777 reviews, which is very exciting. But uh, the next milestone is 1,000, and that will really bump us up the charts. So if you enjoyed this or any other episode of Canary Cry Radio, head over to iTunes, leave a rating. Those are stars and a review. Those are words telling people <laughs> why you love the show. And, you know, if you don't love the show, that's okay. You don't have to leave a review or a rating. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing, too, to keep in mind is episodes like this one is, is a really good one to share with friends and family who totally. may not be aware with the topic or at least Christians talking about the, the topic from boots on the ground perspective, really getting the nitty gritty. This is one of those episodes, as well as last year's Burning Man episodes. You really want to share with your friends and family because everybody knows about Burning Man. And this year kind of went under the radar. Nobody was really making a big deal about it, probably because, you know, all the world events are pretty crazy right now. So yeah. um, it might be a good time to just kind of slip it in, you know, a little text yeah, message or an email or something like that to your friends, family. Yep. Check this out. So that's another way you can support us. That's right. If you've already left the rating and a review, the next thing you can do is share it on social media or your entire with... email list. Just tell <laughs> everybody how crazy you are. That's right. That's One way right. to do it. 
Also, remember, join the Canary Cry community. I know some of you out there still haven't done it. We're over 2,000 strong, and it is a great place for Canarians to connect. It's not just, I mean, it is people sharing theories, discussing world events. It's a great place to meet people who uh, want to actually discuss the same things you do. But it's also a great place to just meet listeners like you. And people are praying for each other. They share their lives with one another. And, you know, there's some memes in there and funny stuff as well. So it's really, I think it's one of the most well-rounded uh, Facebook communities out there. Um, if you're not into Facebook, just keep in mind, we are working on putting together another uh, outlet for that. We'll keep you posted. But until then, go join the Canary Cry community. It's a great place to be. And are we ever okay. going to have our own Canary Cry transformative event? Just our own giant, uh, maybe not the <laughs> desert. Maybe for us, it's like the mountains or something. Well, as I've shown you, Gons, there are some huge plots of land in Nevada <laughs> that you can purchase for extremely cheap. I'm talking, we could get like 30 or 40 acres for like 10 grand. No sewage, no, no, yes, no water. No, no. no utilities whatsoever, <laughs> no, no trees. Yeah, nothing but grows. we could uh, go build the Canary Cry bunker out there and, and have a little festival every day, or every day, every, day. every year. Every day, <laughs> we, we celebrate with uh, store away food and, and our bullets. I'm sure we could, uh, just uh, buy some land near Black Rock Desert and hold a uh, you know a coinciding event with Burning Man. So you know they're all dancing around up on the playa. We're deep underground in our safe bunker, <laughs> <laughs> just podcasting away. Our, our um, own little escape event, you know, our own little yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, what it's like to be in the apocalypse. Look at the world; it's they've gone mad with their burning of the man, and here we are. Oh, you know what? Bunker. This was this was one sad thing. And those mm. who have stuck around this long, made it through the Patreon plug, and are still listening, <laughs> you get to hear this this sad thing that happened. Oh, no. I I missed Thunderdome this year. Oh yeah, I know. I made such a big deal about Thunderdome. I loved it last year. It's you know, Mad Max uh, homage where people go into this dome and, and battle with foam swords and uh, is really was a wild scene. I I couldn't make it to one this year. Every time I went, they weren't doing it. So yeah, well, if there's any thing. reason to go next year, that's the reason. Well, they've they've metamorphosized into something else. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. He-Man, <laughs> He-Man, Barbarians. I don't know. Sure. Sure. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Is that it, Guns? I think that's it. That was a lot of information. That was, that was jam-packed. Yeah, this is a good one. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. Once you come out of it, all right. Just like, wow, what a, what a journey. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, 
Just like the long silence. (laughs) What is he going to say? I'm trying to think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Basil, good job, buddy. You obviously did a good job. (laughs) You put a okay. How about I'll I'll do something. Let me try something. (laughs) Okay. So there you go. What do you think, Gons? A good job. A nice job, you know. Just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, so bad. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. What, what do you think? Good job. Good job, buddy. Good job. Oh no, hold on. I gotta calm down for.